up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of The Spot. Thank you for again joining me, man. Thank you for, again, everybody who continues to support this page, support everything that we're doing out here, man. Again, like I said, um, we're here to spark conversation, man. We're here to, you know, to, to provoke thought. Um, and we appreciate all the feedback that we continue to get. Um, you know, like I said, man, you never you never know who's on the spot, man, uh, who can come through. You know, my next guest today, man, I've known for a few years. Um, you know, I want to read this this intro correct. You know, I've known for a few years. Um, you know, we kind of both bonded off our love and passion for music, uh, specific era like the 90s. But again, overall, just music in general. I said, uh, you know, closer to that time, I remember, you know, when we first met the powers that be at that time, kind of trying to pin us against each other a little bit. Um, and it was just on some some extra shit. But, you know, we couldn't deny the the undeniable common ground we had, which was the music. Um, and, you know, um, you know, it, it just, it got to a point where, you know, we, we were undeniably in the same realm, in the same court, in the same room, um, when it came to this music. Um, and, you know, he's a devoted husband. Uh, he's a father, you know, he's an entrepreneur. Um, and he, he's my favorite DJ. <laughs> I like to say, um, you know, I thought I knew this thing. We call it hip hop. I thought I had this shit all the way down. Like I, I didn't think really nobody was really deeper than me when it came to this shit and when it comes to this musical shit. But you know, uh, you know, my brother, you know, his his musical Rolodex is super deep. Um, you know, he invited me over to his set, you know, at his at his spot, at, you know, one time, and you know, I was starting to put my collection together. And this man's, I'm telling you, this man's setup put my shit all the way to shame when I <laughs> when. When I stepped into his realm and his world, man, and you know, um, you know, it, it, it's just it was dope just to see that element and see him in in his element and see him in his world, man. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. I like to get welcome my guest, Mr. Ike Check. Come on in, brother. Welcome to the spot, man. Thank you for joining me, my brother. You dig what I'm saying? So welcome, man. Thank Looking you, man. good, man. What's going on with you, man? Same old, same old. Same old, just trying to get ready for like the uh, the holidays. Yeah, and stuff. yeah, I yeah. dig. I'm I... on vacation uh, this week, so which is nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could dig that, man. <laughs> Shit, anytime you get any time away from the job, just yeah. away from, you know what I'm saying? Just the the the, the daily grind and the daily shit that you can just kind of get away from decompress. Yeah, sure. It's always the greatest way, you know what I'm saying? To to always bring yourself back to where you need to be. Um, so tell us where you from, man. Tell tell the world who don't know you, man. Where where you from, man? What's your neck of the woods, man? Um, so uh, I I was born in Lakewood. Um, growing up, I, I grew up in Carson, okay. uh, California. Um, right off of Avalon. Um, um, moved over to Temecula. Okay. For a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is where I think like a lot of like you you. It's weird because when when whenever whenever people hear about Temecula. Rightfully so, you know, you just think about it's just the straight up suburb, yeah. right? Like, so, right. so total, you know, Republican stronghold, majority white community mm -hmm. and stuff. And so I grew up there when there was really, you know, nothing, you know. Okay. Uh, there was a bunch of like housing tracks at the time that were being built. Um, a lot of the time, um, it was just straight up just dirt you know compounds just right to build houses on. right so a bunch of neighborhood kids at the time because literally like there was nothing there there was probably like a post office and then a um 
a gas station and then just like this like new plaza that was being built and i think it was like a I want to say like it was like an Albertson or something. Like okay, that. That so you were there during the ground building, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. saw it wasn't even. It actually wasn't even called Temecula then. It was actually called uh, Rancho California. No shit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you know, bunch of like dirt compounds. Um, I think our, where we were at was probably one of like the um, housing tracks that were just kind of just being built there. Okay. And so I don't know how the hell my dad and my uncle found this place, <laughs> but they found it, and so my uncle. Uh, uh, first and foremost was the one that wanted to move out there and so my dad followed right. right and so you would meet kids you know in the neighborhood and you know out of like these dirt compounds and stuff we started building like you know bike jumps and shit like mm-hmm. that and i started meeting you know more and more people right I started hanging out with like at the time you know there was just a bunch of people that were kind of just moving into the spot mm-hmm. so um it was just a mix of people right you know right. you had you know um some some black families that were coming in um Asian families, um, not primarily Filipino, but like one of like my good homeboys that I grew up with out there. He's a Vietnamese dude. Okay. Named Tone, um, who ended up being like a sponsored skateboarder. No oh, shit. Shit, yeah. We're still, we still talk. We're still close, you know, to, uh, to this day. Um, you know, Mexican families that came mm-hmm. in. So there was like a um, a hot pot of like people that were just moving over there, and I didn't really realize this up until you know you get older. But I think because of that melting pot. Um, it shaped a lot of um, the things I was influenced in, right. you know, because it was easy. Like if you were from Carson, like if I was still there, you know, it was a big gang thing. Back right, then, right, right. Of right? course. Yeah. Huge gang thing, um, especially with, you know, Filipinos against Filipinos, mm-hmm. blacks against black, mm-hmm. blacks against Filipinos, you know, mm-hmm. um, Islanders against Filipino, like, you know. That yeah, right, thing. right, right. And so. Um, back in those times, yeah. race was really like. It was a really big thing to yeah, yeah. to to be down with your own, and oh, then yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like back then, it wasn't really like a, a whole like segregated different union that they have now. So yeah. I get what you mean. Back in the you know 90s and stuff like that, it was huge. And and that and that was a dangerous time too. Yeah, of course. You of know, course. it was a really really dangerous yeah. time because like, you know, when when you were from gang culture back then, I mean, that was gang culture. You were really in it. Oh yeah. You were really in yeah, it. Yeah yeah. There was no like associating, no, and, and all, it was man. nine. A lot of times you had to be in it, oh, depending yeah. on the neighborhood yeah. you was in. Yeah, coming in and out. I mean, that was your survival. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was Definitely. the way you survived. How you got back home Definitely. safe. You Definitely. dig what I'm saying? Yeah. So that was huge back then. Yeah, that was huge. And so. then the, and the and the community, the neighborhood that you were in, that you were in, they they pretty much took you in. Right. Right. Like so. If you were a part of that neighborhood, you belonged to that neighborhood, and so you had to give back to that neighborhood. Right. Of right? course. And so everybody knew that, mm-hmm. right? Um, but just very different from now. Very different from now. Right. Everything is, you know, um, everything's, you know, very, very general, like the whole social media thing mm-hmm. and, and this and that. That was just a different, different time coming up. And so I think that's one of the reasons why my, why my folks, um, they wanted to move mm-hmm. um, was because they knew that there was a chance that if you were still in that area, right. you know. Potentially. Yeah, you potentially could, I would have gotten into a gang mm-hmm. or I would have been, you know. You know, just some knucklehead. You mm-hmm. know, not to say that we didn't do that. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know, but I'm just but... saying a lot. Of, I know what you mean because a lot of things. Again, like you said, a lot of families had to move out of those areas just because their their children would have been forced into yeah. that life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it wouldn't have been something that they that they really could have controlled. It was a forced thing. Like I said, your homies growing up, you know, it was a survival type thing, yeah. and it was like you either gonna be down or you gonna. 
You know what I'm saying? Not be down and potentially something happens. So you kind of like damned if you do and damned if you don't in those times, yeah. you know, and, and it's unfortunate. A lot of, you know, brothers and sisters got killed out there, um, you know, just having to be down out of survival, not even wanting to be. Yeah. You dig what I'm yeah. saying? So, so yeah, man, I, I mean, can imagine. If anything, man, that's like it, it does force you, you know, to grow up really, really quick, you know. That's crazy, ain't it? Yeah. Think about the average kid right now that's your age back then that, you know, like I said, you know, I, I get a lot of feedback where people think I'm like bashing kids and shit like that. And but it's just a generational gap. You know, could you is. imagine your kids at that age having to deal with that kind of it shit is. or deal with the kind of shit that we yeah. dealt with? I don't think they really would have been able to deal with no, it. No, not the, not the mentality or not the things that they have to, you know, what I'm saying the things that they deal with today. I don't think that would have been prepared for those times. back yeah. then. And I, and I think, too, on the same token, I think a lot of like what we do like as as parents now is we try as much as possible to share that with them so right. that, you know, they don't go down the same road. Right. Because I think, if anything, man, like, I want my, my kids, and I'm sure it's the same way with you. You want them to soar above, you know, what you've right. done or what you're doing. Right. Um, but, you know, I guess that being said, it's like, even though, like, you know, I did escape, like, that that part of, you know, my parents not wanting me to get into that. Like, a little mm -hmm. bit of it kind of just follows you. And so, right. You know, Talk about growing up uh, fast. You know, I, me and my wife, you know, we did start a family young. I think I was, what, 21, I think, when, mm -hmm. we, when we had Kea. And so she's uh, 22 now, you know, in nursing school. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's amazing, yeah, bro. Man. Yeah. My, my oldest boy, Jonah, uh, he's going to school for hospitality. Um, nice. He's, he's 19. You know, um, Micah, he just started driving not too long ago, 16. I remember I seen you know, it. We got, the, <laughs> we got the little one, Ezra, that's right. six. And, you know, he's, you know, walking and talking. And yeah, playing. little man. I don't, uh, he's got a little personality. Yeah. I don't know, I've seen uh, your, like, your pictures and stuff, man. Yeah, just your family, too, man. Everybody's yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. You remember when I had, you know what I'm saying? You know, my, my I told you when we first met, I, you know, obviously I'm my oldest, but, you know, I had babies and stuff like that. And it's just crazy of how you see your offspring just kind of grow. And, you know, what you didn't want for them and what you're able to protect them from now and give to them and kind of give them the gym. The thing goes back in the day, our parents was always working. Yeah. Our parents were always yeah, out, yeah. always trying to survive and always trying to bring in. It's a little bit different than what we live now. Yeah. We're a little bit more involved in our kids' life. And quite frankly, we kind of have to be, given the, the social society that we, you know what I'm saying, that we have to just be forced to live in now. Yeah. You have to watch your kids a little bit closer now. You have to watch, you know, the way of the world because they have so much access to things. So much faster than oh, what we yeah, did. Dude. You know what I'm saying? They can access everything with the click of a, a thumb. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We had to go find, you know what I'm saying? We had to go find places to, you know what I'm saying? Remember, I was reading that the other day. Somebody said, you know, if you grew up in a, in a, in a if you're a 70s, 80s, and 70s or 80s baby, uh, you walked miles to, to places with no problems. True. You got around with no cell phones. True. You got around with, and it was just, that's just kind of what we did. You know what I'm saying? I remember going, you know, rent movies and stuff like that on our bikes and just, just traveling and stuff like that. But now I can't, I don't like my daughter going to, you know what I'm saying? Walk you, the dog you know, up the it, street, bro. It's, it's scary. So, it's so funny, man. We were talking about that at work actually just like a few weeks ago about how it used to be so easy for us. Like, like we used to, you know, go to school, come home, mm -hmm. finish your home. Like we, I used to want to rush through my homework. Right, of course. Because I wanted to, because I wanted to go out and go outside, out right? And you, you just left. Right. You know, there was a, there was this, there was this common code that you had with your parents at the time. Well, my, my parents were always working. Mm -hmm. We were latchkey kids, right? So we would come home. Nobody would be home. At the time, actually, um, my aunt had just started living with us. Okay. So she came from the Philippines. Um, so that 
with to to live with my parents and but you know before this like you know when she wasn't there it was just mm-hmm. me my sister my my little sister actually at the time wasn't even born yet but we would just it would just be like you know just us right right and 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 again you know product of your environment mm-hmm. you'd be around riding bikes and stuff and you have this common code that when the street lights come on bring your ass yeah um but now like so we were, when we were talking about this at work you know like you think like a lot of the shit that goes on nowadays with like you know like the whole amber amber yeah. um you yeah. know like the like because you they have this shit now on, like online where you could see like you know who who, the, who lives in your damn neighborhood, damn neighborhood yeah, right? yeah yeah weird Pete up and not, the street and shit, not to say yeah. that that shit wasn't going on back yeah yeah day. of course I'm sure it was yeah 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 but because it's so much more accessible mm-hmm. now, you know. Motherfuckers are starting to think twice. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, you let your kids out. Yeah, I don't let my. I don't. I don't. You know. I. I. You know, my wife likes to go on her walks and stuff like that, and it's like, yo, I don't really want you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, not without me. Not you know. what I'm saying like making store runs and stuff like that. It's like, yo, I'm just like, it's just the time that we live in. It's just it's like you said. Different. It's just different. Yeah. It's just different. Um. And you would think, like back then in those times, like what? How the hell do we get by? You know what I'm saying? Without these, because my wife, you know, they got this thing called on Apple. I think it's called, um, I can't, three sixty something, where you can like watch your your kids or like saying like you just said, there's something on your phone, like they'll track where they are, yeah, yeah, where they yeah, are. Yeah. And I've seen they had the little things, the air tags. Put them in their shoes, on their backpacks. Yeah, that's some crazy like shit, it's dude. the craziest shit ever, bro. That's you know, some scary yeah. shit, dog. So, like my neighbor actually, I, it was so funny, man. Um, her son started driving a couple years ago. Um, he's a little bit older. Like he's probably the same age as my daughter. Right. And so, um, I hear I hear her in the in the driveway telling her son, um, you know, Mateo, um, please make sure that you're you when you watch your driving. Right, right, right. Because I know how fast you're going. And so he he takes off, you know, and I'm listening, and I'm in the driveway right. laughing, and I was like, "How do you know how fast he was going?" And right. She was, oh, I put this tracker on his oh, car. Oh, she, you see <laughs> what I'm saying? It's that this shows, kind of shit, bro. That shows how fast he was going, and I was like, "God, yeah, damn, man, all that shit that we used to be into, yeah. bro, I would have had our asses beat." Oh my god. Well, come on, man. Oh, man. Come on, yeah, man. Hell no, nah. <laughs> nah, man. I would never want my parents to know what the hell we used to oh, get into back god. in the day. Oh, no. And some of you are laughing. I was like, "This dude, like twenty three years." Right, old. right, right. He got a tractor on his right, car. Right, right. But going. but that's to show you the the maturity of these kids now. The maturity of an average twenty, you know, twenty four year old. We'll get that into that later on. But you know, think of Tupac. Tupac died at twenty five. This mm-hmm. motherfucker lived the entire life going. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Dealing with different, so many different things. Yeah. Before twenty five, what's an average twenty five year old right now? I wouldn't trust them to. You know, I can't. You, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying all, but I'm saying the 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 vast majority of these. The you know the underage group you know the twenties and twenty five and teenagers now it's just different. It's, different. it's just different. It's just different, man. Very it's just different, different man. So how was it? You know, I know you say you got a, you know, like I said your father. Uh, you got four kids, right? Mm-hmm. Four kids. Uh, oldest is a girl. Mm-hmm. Three younger boys. Man, how was that growing up? Man, I got I got three <coughs> girls. So with boys, how was that, bro? Like, um, it's you know what? It, it's weird because before we even before she was even born like we were getting already kind of like you know critique kind of like from parents that had girls mm-hmm. you know um having like you know girly girls or mm-hmm. or you know we had friends that um and co-workers who had girls that were you know much older at the time yeah saying you know that you know their girl their girls are drama i you know 
I honestly, I can't. She she's been a blessing, honestly. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know she's um, she's a she's a good girl. She's she she wasn't really too girly growing up. Okay. She was more of like a nerd. Okay. More of like yeah, I, I want to say she was kind of almost like tomboyish. Okay. Um, but just very much of a nerd. She was a, a you know at the time like what was she like six or seven. Like she was into like bugs and animals, and she okay. was going through like yeah, that yeah, stage. yeah, phase. Um, like she wanted to get a lizard, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like just like weird stuff. And she was really into music. So I mean, even as a baby, we always had music playing right. in the house because mm -hmm. that's how it was, you know, with me growing so, up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, my mom was like, my mom was uh very big into like contemporary like Filipino stuff, mm -hmm. you know, back then even traditional stuff. And into like a lot of, of R and B, right. um, which that's how my first like I first fell in love with listening to like soul music, R and B music, mm -hmm. you know. And from just different because you can, it's very different listening to like Filipino love songs mm -hmm. and then listening to like American. But the message is still there. Right, you know? right, right. And then my dad was mainly into a little bit more like like Filipino rock stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you you had a, a big. Very big, big uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a big variety of big variety of, of, of stuff. Of, yeah, of music in your house. It's um, dope. we had an uncle at at the time that um played like a lot of like organ music and stuff, but from the Philippines. Okay. And so that's where my love for like instrumental stuff mm -hmm. kind of came along. But you know, when when Kay was around, she was the only one that we had. Um. I would put her to see. She was really bad. Like when she was really young, she had really bad colic. Oh wow! Her, yeah, her and my last one, like, literally, like, really bad. I remember there was one time that me and Josie, uh, my wife, um, you would put Kaya down and she would just cry for just, hours. Oh my god! And so the only thing that would help is she liked going on car rides, or she had this swing. Where if you took her out of the swing, she would. It's cry. a wrap. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but she loved car rides, okay. and so I remember, um, you know, just one night, like, two in the morning, you know, like. You know, she. I finally put her down uh, to bed. Music was playing because something always had to mm -hmm. go on. Um, and I put her down, and and she would just she just cried. Mm -hmm. And so me and wifey put her up in the car, and we just drove until the sun came. Mm -hmm. We got I think down to like downtown LA, like just you know on side streets. Right, right, right. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know? Just doing what you and, could. And, and yeah, but there was always like you know music that was mm -hmm. just playing, and I think that's where you know she. She has a pretty like for somebody that's her age, um, she has a, a, a very deep love uh for like nineties R and B music. Right, right, also. right. Mm -hmm. Um like SW is like one of her favorite nice. you know, groups. How old is she? Twenty two. Yeah. <sighs> Youngsters, do your research. Do your research. <laughs> um and you know, and, and and now because of that, you know, she's obviously, you know, a, an avid concert goer, so she's you know, into you yeah. know, singers like uh, SZA and, and Joyce Rice. Right, and, right, right. You know. Okay. Um, so she's very much taken on, um, embodied that type of like, you know, that same blood. That's that dope, though, man. Her mom had the music. That's that's dope. I think that's pretty amazing because it's like there. I always say like a like music. Music is. The biggest bonding tool I think I think so too. humans can use. I there's so much separation in the world, and there's only two things that I believe that people um, bring, that bring people together, which is music and food. 
Oh, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Definitely. You dig what I'm saying? Definitely. So when you when you talk about youngsters liking music and stuff like that, I remember it was actually um, you shared a video with me at one point. I think it was a wedding or something or something. And all of, there was a bunch of kids and it was like DJ was playing the music. And I, it was some song, but it was a 90s song. And all those kids knew as your daughter was, was my in, daughter's debut. It was her debut. Yeah. So. And they knew yeah, it word yeah. for word. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, yo, these are youngsters, bro. Like, how the hell? Like, yeah. they were, I mean, it was partying, bro. Yeah, that, that was dope to see, dude. That, so that, that made me smile, it's bro. It's kind of like the dope. same thing with, like, um, Mexicans and the Quinceaneras, except mm -hmm. for, you know, with Mexicans celebrating their daughter's 15th birthday. Okay. And the boo in our culture, in our Philippine culture, is when um, your daughter turns 18. Come of have, age. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have this party that's called the boo. And so... She brought like we had like a whole bunch of family. But yeah. at the end of it, yeah, like you know they were singing the whole. That was week, dope. But STVV. Yeah, 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 that yeah. was dope, and man. Was, yeah, that was dope. I didn't to even see. know that they were. So my my um our my our cousin's uh um wife, uh, girlfriend at the time, she does like videography and stuff like that. And okay. I didn't even know that she was filming that. No so shit. So when she put it together, okay. I was like, that was dope. That was dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was dope. That was that was dope to see, man. That was dope to see. And I know the boys, man. I know the boys. You know um. I know they 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 want to be just like pops. Yeah, I'm sure. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. Growing up, and I know that's uh, tough. So you got the girl. Yeah. But then the boys. The boys. Um, the boys are very. Um, I don't want to say that they're different. I want to say that it's one is very much more clean cut, and then Micah, which is my 16 year old, he's a little bit more um of a free spirit, if you mm -hmm. if you will. Um, very much into like a lot of the stuff that I was into. Mm -hmm. Um, so big on like this generations of like you know car culture big into hip-hop mm -hmm. same thing with jonah mm -hmm. uh, jonah's more of like the he's more of like the uh, more of like an r&b dude like if you okay I, and i listen to everything that's different in in, in my car like mm -hmm. when i'm driving but if like you were to look through like my spotify or anything like that i'm a huge underground hip-hop mm -hmm. fan yeah huge huge underground mm -hmm. Um, hip hop fan. Um, you got even, me into a couple people. You, you, yeah, you, you like put me on a few. Even with um, and underground anything mm -hmm. really, right? Because I remember who was it that I was listening to, um, back in the day that was just like R and B and like Joyce Rice. Especially mm -hmm. she was she was like on the come up. Um, damn, I, I can't remember dude's name. His his they speak Spanish though. We got a brother that's in um. Got a brother that's they that that's in the industry. Uh, Soul dude. Um. Ah oh, man, I can't remember dude's name right now. I don't know. I, I can't think of it. We'll, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll think yeah. about it when they when they get there. But that's what's up, man. That's what's up, man. I I I. I it's dope to have a, a family who um kind of protects in the things that you like and kind of protects in, into the, the the music that you like. Like like you said, you always kept music on around your kids. Yeah. It's the same thing with me. My um the babies, you know what I'm saying, especially my oldest, you know, it's funny that she knows a lot of the songs that I put on. So I, I don't really like I like to say I don't really listen to a lot of things past two thousand ten. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't really listen to that kind of stuff. But yeah. you know, but you know, if I put on like old school Ludacris or I put on, you know, um I, I, I have stuff from Ludacris to Tina Marie to Sade, to Outkast, to like, I'll, that is my, you know what I'm saying? Like my Spotify list is kind of like all over the Shade, place. Dude. Yeah, yeah. That's and, like one of those, that that's one of those things where I purposely will go online to see whether or not she's announced that she's going to go on tour again. And she has not yet. Yeah, not yet. I've been, dude, I've been oh, looking Lord, for dude. years. Yeah. The last time she went on tour, she did Coachella. Yeah. 
and my homeboy was there and he he had to go and i'm like oh, dude man. man i wish i'd been on a fly on the damn floor at that damn show bro like she don't pop out nah. bro she don't pop out for shit yeah, yeah, yeah. and you just gotta catch her when she can but again she don't she don't pop out bro like i i have to see her i that's like i told my wife that's one of my bucket lists we actually went to um amoeba um on my birthday uh this year and um and I was looking for any albums I could find on her. Any they had nothing. nothing. The only album they had nothing. was like her greatest hits. Yeah. But I wanted specific albums. But I'm like, you know, I just take what I can sure. get, bro. Like I just, so I just got it. I picked it up. And man, I, I that's I just love it. It just brings me to, you know, uh, you know, you get that 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 certain rush of dopamine when you you know, you, you Yo, bring you back dude, to times yeah. back, you yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying? When you was a and kid like, or Anytime, like a Sade joint, yeah, comes in, it's like, damn, yeah, man, it bring you know what I'm saying. That, 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 that's that just it just brings it to them times. Oh, yeah, time. man, and she she's don't... like 20 30 minutes, right, right, right. Oh, yeah, like right, right. <laughs> she's 20, 30, she don't even come at all, she don't even come at all, or then talk shit when she get there. Like, I should be lucky I even come to this motherfucker right now, like, dude, you know, what? yeah, bro, I love Lauren, but fuck, yo, they're. She's another one I have to see too. Like I would love to see Man, Lauren Hill. I'm like Lauren Hill is one of my favorite artists. Even though she has what two albums? Yeah, she, yeah. Was it three albums? Is it three? Is the introduction to Lauren Hill right? Mm -hmm. And then, and then she had the live album, live album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miss, Miss Education of Lauren Hill. Excuse yeah. me, Miss Education of Lauren Hill. Then she had the live album. I think was there one more? I want to say. I think she did another. Did she? Didn't she did another one with, with a um. Wasn't it like a collab with one of the Marley? I think it was. Yeah. She was with yeah. Her. That's an old man, right? Yeah, one of them, yeah, one of them was old man. I know I, that. You know, I love her, dude, but dude, this, <laughs> this self-entitlement bullshit. Like, yeah. Yeah. People are paying some money. Yeah. You know, and it's time wise, it bro. Is, I, I've been to a show. I've left when I remember it was a point where we had to um we were at the Summer Breeze Fest and Guy was coming out. I wanted to see Guy oh, so bad. Too, yeah, yeah. I wanted to see Guy so bad. We folks came out like an hour later, and we was like, "Yo, we gotta go. We got our kid. You know what I'm saying? Was like, we had to go." But you know, we went back the next day, and you know, people was like, "Yo, the show was dope." I'm like, "You motherfuckers, man!" Like, <laughs> so I mean, I, I I hate it. I hate it when you get these people who, uh, you know, feel entitled. Yeah. Like they they just you know the crazy, peasants. You know, the I'm crazy saying? thing about it too. Okay, so there was a video of her that she came out. I forgot. I, I don't know where the show was at, but she basically came on stage and addressed. Her being late. being late, and she said, "You should be lucky." I'm. Even I heard her say that. I'm even out and here. So, and, and the person that was taking the video was kind of bigging her up. Right, and I'm right, like, right, right. Why are you supporting? Right, me? right. Supporting. You know, I, was, I was like, "That's crazy." Yeah, you have fan. When you have fans, man, you have. To, these are people who pay your bills. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, yeah. I've always, I've always said that. You know, you always have to be, uh, you know, pro fans. You can't be just on some like, oh, you know, what I'm saying, uh, who is this and who is that. These ain't, you know. These ain't this, and you know it's funny you say that. Um, uh, this is a whole other thing, but when you get to entitlement, and this brings up this whole. Um, you saw the Millie Vanilli. I did. Yeah. Doc, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I was insulted. I was. It wasn't even shit to do with me. But after they won that Grammy, and Paul McCartney, we're talking about Paul McCartney, the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Prolifically, one of the greatest bands that has ever graced music. We're talking about Paul McCartney, one of the greatest writers, composers. Paul McCartney. These motherfuckers said, who is Paul McCartney? I ain't got time for 
<laughs> after he wanted to congratulate them after winning a bogus ass damn Grammy, man. I couldn't believe that shit. We were sitting there watching, like, are you kidding me? And it's just, you know, you uh, you know, this old saying, you get too big for your britches. You know what I'm saying? You get too big for your britches back in the day. You, you just, you know, artists, you know, I just wish they would really just, like, appreciate yeah. their fans and just appreciate people more. Um, you know, when this entitlement shit comes in, man, that's when you kind of lose authenticity. You know what I'm saying? When it when it comes to, you know, your validation. I think you, your validation is what your fans make yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, And, yeah. you know, people are not going to want to fuck with you if you act like that with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, you act like you're too good. You know my KRS-One story. I told oh, you yeah. about that shit a long time ago. I don't really ride with that dude like that. Just because it was yeah. just, it was just. Yeah, I've heard. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told stuff, you about that man. shit, bro. Like, yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, man. You already, you already know. You already know, man. So, but, you know, going back, we, you know. We got to know each other and, you know, the bond over music. And like I said, we, you know, talking and, you know, obviously we both agree that the 90s, you know, that was, if not the greatest genre of music, especially when it came to R&B, New Jack Swing, that's an untouchable genre, you know. Um, but as a DJ, man, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that had a, like a lot of influence in oh, yeah. as to why you wanted to get into yeah, yeah, DJing, yeah. man. Can you can you speak into what your introduction was into DJing so and it was, I started backwards, right? Okay. Like you would automatically think, like, hip-hop has always been a huge part of my life. Like, mm -hmm. I remember, like, you would look through a fucking magazine, and they'd be like, it was Columbia. Yeah, yeah. And you get, like, 12 CDs. Right, right, a penny. There's some shit like that. Like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mark those motherfuckers. And, and, and that, and, like, you know, so, I mean, growing up, man, my older cousin, older cousins, um, they used to listen to 1580k day which was a yeah, yeah. station mm -hmm. and you had you know you had djs on there like you know tony g and julio g and later on mm -hmm. you know, julio was part of 92.3 the mm -hmm. beat um my cousin at the time was a big um nwa uh, fan and that's when they were just you know mm -hmm. they were just still selling shit out of their thing and right and so as a kid growing up you know you look up to like these people that are older than you your cousins and that you know the music that they're listening to becomes a huge influence right onto, right you know onto, so so you know growing up right off the bat like i was a huge huge hip-hop head mm -hmm. always man um and then you start you know you hear about like the local artists like you know like your ice cubes and your and your dr droids and stuff mm -hmm. undeniably you know you know just legends in their own right right right, right. and then you start listening to hip-hop in other places and when I found, you know, New York hip hop, mm -hmm. oh my god, dude! Right, right. It was I know that's a huge thing with huge, you as far as New York hip hop. Huge thing, dude. Like, you know, and then listening to, you know, stuff from like the South, from like the Midwest, and then just all around the world, mm -hmm. right? And so I embodied all of that. But how I first started getting into DJing was there was a dude that um, I think I was a freshman at the time, okay. maybe younger than that, eighth grade, maybe. Yeah, eighth grade, and there used to be um, this guy named Eric who uh, he he was a high school uh, he was in high school, but he had like all like the dope DJ gear, okay, right? And so we went over to his house one time, and that's that was my first dose of of seeing what a DJ does, right? And so he started scratching like you know transformer scratches, mm -hmm. just like, and it was dope. And mm -hmm. I remember thinking to myself like. Fuck, this is dope. <laughs> like yeah. I want to learn how to do yeah. that shit, you know. Yeah. And um, my my dad at the time he had um, 
they used to sell like these little stereo systems. It used to be like a tape deck. Like it used yeah, to be like a tape deck. Yeah, it's a tape deck, two speakers yeah. on the side. Receiver. Yeah, two and on the then side, turntable and at the top. top. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I know exactly what you mean. Yep. <laughs> and, and you know the turntable was shit. Right, right, right. right. It, was a, it, was a, it was a belt drive <laughs> turntable. But like lighter than lighter mm-hmm. than shit, dude. Had a real fucked up. Right, right, you know right. Yeah, oh yeah. It was... And then when you try to scratch on it, it, it just skips. Yeah, yeah. But I found a way to scratch Manipulate on it. that shit. Yeah. yeah, didn't have any mixer or anything like that at all. And then that's when I started kind of buying records. Okay. Um. So there was like a Indian family, um, the only damn Indian family in Temecula at the time, and they had a, a garage sale, and they had Indian records. Oh shit! And and so I was like, oh, this is dope. Yeah, yeah. So um, they didn't care, like, right? Yeah. And, and like looking back at it now, I'm sure they would have wanted to keep it, but they had maybe about twenty records, and you know, I used to save. I'm the kind of kid that when my parents gave me lunch money for school, I wouldn't even buy lunch. Oh shit! Yeah, I would save that shit and go to warehouse. No shit. Yeah, and buy records. Old school tapes. warehouse. Yeah. Old school <laughs> yeah. like they had a record section mm-hmm. and I would just go and buy just records, mm-hmm. you know, or tapes or whatever. Right. And so um I remember this kid's name is Vic Agnahotri, Indian dude. He was they were the only Indian family there. Um I asked to buy all of the records. No and, shit. And so the mom comes out and she goes, What are you gonna do with these? And I go, I just wanna listen to them. Mm-hmm. But I wanna listen to all of them. I'm gonna keep them. And I, I, she gave them to me for like three bucks for everything. No shit. You know? So I, I took it with me and I, and I would listen to it and I would listen to music like in all of its entirety. And one thing about me too is like I, I can nerd out on stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I always read like the liner notes mm-hmm. to see, you know, who it was produced by, mm-hmm. who played what instrument. Who had what credits on yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. And you well, get, of course. And then you get stuck reading these things and like, it just stays with you, right? Right. Back then, you couldn't Google. No. You no, couldn't, there was no Googling. And you know the sad thing about it, too? Like, you can Google it now. And there won't and, even yeah, be you still won't be a lot of, yeah, lot of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that combined with, like, seeing this dude in high school scratch and then listening to, like, music from, like, you know, in another continent, mm-hmm. everything started kind of coming, like, full circle for me, right? Um, but I always, I was a big, um, I was a big elements kind of hip-hop mm-hmm. dude. Um, scratching was by far was like almost like another language to me. It yeah. was like this way. So, so um, when my dad's um, belt drive turntable broke, <laughs> you uh, broke it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Broke. <laughs> um, me and um, these friends who I'm still friends now. It's like my 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 DJ group. We were we were all like in high school, freshmen, right? You know, or sophomores at the time. We all came. There was this. Um, there was this another kid that we went to high school with, um, named Ventura, and he had, you know, belt drive turntables, and he was selling a realistic mixer. It didn't even have a crossfader. Oh, it was shit. just all upfaders. This is like the shit that you got like at Radio Shack. Back right, 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 right. And so he was selling that whole setup for. Eight, he gave it to us for eighty bucks. So there was six of us, and we all came up with like Split ten, twenty shit. bucks yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And we said, and we said to each other. Oh, we'll keep it one week at somebody's house, mm-hmm. the next week at another. And so that's what we did. Right, right. Um, and then we would just go to each other's house and we'd be up to like two or three in the morning, um, even on school nights, dude. No shit. Just like, you know, scratching. Learning and, 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 yeah. and, and, and trying to learn the craft. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we started, you know, listening to dudes like, you know, um, like um, 
um, Cutmaster Swift, um, Cool Herc, uh, you know, even Jam Master J. Mm -hmm. You know, there were even dude Jazzy Jeff was a big another one. Huge, He's yeah. Huge pioneer mm -hmm. of the stuff back in the day. He's like, you know, especially with the Transformer Scratch. There mm -hmm. was just so many DJs that we learned from, but more locally, like or in Cali, we would listen to like the Invisible Scratch Pickles, which was, you know, Hubert Mixmaster Mike Shortcut, mm -hmm. and then later on, you know, B Styles and Yoga Frog. Um, the Beat Junkies are like that's one of my favorite crews of all time mm -hmm. because they embodied all of and they're from this area yeah but they embodied like a lot of like the hip-hop culture i remember hearing about beat junkies when i was a teenager yeah and i had kind of you know what i'm saying i had kind of started hearing a lot of stuff like that they were i mean they were obviously older you yeah, know, yeah, yeah from when i was a teenager but i do remember the, the, the beat junkies and, and, then, and then you hear about them and then you see how how far back their roots go and mm -hmm. so they were listening to dre at an early age right 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 and then you would listen to dj's in New York, like the, like the executioners, X Men at the time, like mm -hmm. Mark Rada, just you know, just a, a line of just like talented, talented DJs. And then I I started getting into watching DJ competitions. Okay. You know, like doubling up and 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 just hardcore, just like just competitions that would just I mean they would just leave you in awe. Yeah, I've seen some shit yeah. that made me just be like, dude. Yeah, it's my crazy, gosh. Dude. You know so, they they behind their back. Oh they're, God, they're, I mean they're 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 yeah, yeah, nuts yeah. with it, yeah. man. They they get busy with it, bro. So. And that's you know that's kind of that was like, and that's what I mean by going backwards. Usually, you know, you're listening to stuff, you're learning how to mix. Right. But our first thing was like my group um, at the time. We were called the Supersonic Stylist Stunners, and that was our group. Yeah. And, and that's all we did was just fucking scratch. Right, and, right, right. You know, and it's crazy. So like. Even up until now, like, you know, we could still get together in a room and we can put like a pair of turntables in front of us and we could still That would be dope. Go. That would be dope to see, bro. <laughs> that would be dope to see, man. Yeah. I never, I never, I've always, you know, I, I've never gotten to DJing, but I, I've always loved the culture, yeah. the scratching, um, just of how they embody the room. Like, like, you know, for, for me, you know, like I said, I've always, set back now i'm a rapper you know i was a rapper at the time so i've always had djs just kind of run the music for me mm -hmm. but you never understand bro you know people don't really understand how powerful the dj is yeah people think that you know the mc and he gonna control the room and yeah to a certain extent he controls the crowd however you ain't shit without no dj and especially a dj who know how to rock the damn party yeah. out you yeah, know what yeah, i'm yeah. saying but you gotta. But the thing is about the DJ, they gotta know how to read the floor, yeah. know the mood, know when it's time to turn up, know when it's time to turn down, know when it's time to kind of phase it out and kind of getting back into the show of things. They're the entire. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of people kind of get that twisted a little bit. Yeah. yeah. You know, as far as that goes. Have you ever had an experience with with any artist or anything have, like that yeah, that I, it I, just kind of was like? I have, and yeah. there was like a big drop off. Like I've worked with. I've worked with, you know, several MCs that mm -hmm. really didn't understand that. Right, right. And right. so there was never there was never really like I don't want to say a connection. I think I think it's just we were just on two different paths. Right, right, right. right. Okay. Um and so a lot of the times like when whenever I was making music, you know, like it was almost kind of like how you were saying like you have to kind of like learn how to like read the crowd. Mm -hmm. I was making like a lot of music for MCs, but I was like, Man, fuck this, I gotta make music. Right, right, right. Of course, me. of course. Right, and it's it was a lot more personable. It was a lot more meaningful, um, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, one of my favorite DJ groups 
of all time is Gangstar. Um, yeah, shout out and, to Gangstar. Yeah, yeah, and you know, um, and DJ Premier and and is one of my favorite producers Primo, man. of all time. You know, another uh, another one of my favorite groups who's actually from LA is Dilated Peoples. Um, and Babu is is there. Dilated DJ. Peoples is shit, yeah. bro. And I mean, <laughs> that was about, that was some shit, man. And one of my favorites. Our science um, from from Dilated always says the backbone of of hip hop is the DJ. Mm-hmm, of course. Right? And and um, I think see I can get really deep on this too because I think that a lot of the times too that it it's just we kind of weren't being our own voice for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, of, like. I see this too, like with people that DJ nowadays, um, especially if they have like uh, if they have like a regular, and 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 they're not getting paid what they should be getting mm-hmm. paid, and they're having to you know dumb down you know their work in order to make a buck. It, it it's kind of sad, dude. Mm-hmm. Honestly, because there's a lot of dope DJs out there that deserve to get the praise that they're getting. Right. But I think in general, it's like that's what, unfortunately, like nowadays, dude. That's kind of like, it's happened to hip hop, right? Like, yeah. It's it's almost like the powers that be is like they're taking it for, they're trying to like bleed it dry for like everything. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a lot of things are money grabs. Yeah. You know, a lot yeah, of things yeah, yeah. are money grabs, and a lot of people are not they're not looking for authenticity anymore, and that's what takes that's what takes uh, the substance out of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's, I, I think you can ruin an entire culture when you always put money. Into oh yeah, it. yeah. When you when you put money and then you bring power and then you bring you know, different things like that, you ruin the culture. Um, especially people, I like to call them culture vultures, who are just, you know, button pressers, you know, DJs. They're not really real DJs. They're, they're and a lot of them don't even make the music that's behind. Yeah. They're just the face yeah, yeah. of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to call people out, but, you know, you got producers, you know, like Khaled and like all these, you know, you know, just different people who call themselves DJs. They're not really DJs. I mean, they're DJs. They, they come from the DJ world. But they don't really produce, yeah. you know what yeah. I'm saying, what it is that they put out and, and shit like that. Because, again, there's a lot of money behind it. And, you know what I'm saying? And not to say that there isn't, you know, you, you just have to search yeah. more yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. It's out there. You yeah, just have to you, you just, you just have, have to search for yeah, it. Yeah, you just got to do we're, it. We're, we're simply talking about industry. Yes, yes, You know yes, what I'm saying? Absolutely. Type, type, yeah. type shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? industry type shit which kind of again takes the authenticity yeah, yeah, and the yeah. substance out of out of the yeah, original it, form I and the mean, foundation of the love of it you know there's just like i mean nowadays like hip-hop is very different oh yeah um I talk about that shit know, all the time oh yeah i mean my, there's still dudes that are you know new school cats that like i'll listen to you know like that got some pretty dope stuff and a lot of the times man i'm just listening to like fucking like whatever like right music right 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 you know like no you sent me some shit where you was listening to and i'm like what is this shit but i'm like when, when i when i put it on the loudspeaker i'm like this shit is dope bro <laughs> like this shit like i said man your rolodex is, is deep bro you yeah. open my eyes to a lot of shit that i didn't realize just the sounds and different things like that so i mean as a producer what particular do you have any particulars like what first of all, let me ask you this let me ask you this sampling sampling mm-hmm. i remember Back then, when like Kanye came in and he would mm. sample a lot of things, and mm. he got a lot of flack for it, but mm. I think Kanye is one of the greatest producers oh, that same. Same. has ever touched yeah, yeah. Same here, dude. a studio, yeah. has ever got into a studio, has ever you know what I'm saying put music together. What was your thoughts on sampling? Like, what 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 are your thoughts on sampling? You know, um, one of the rushes for me, like especially like so, this could be this, this could be something just like totally random, mm-hmm. but like back in the day, I remember. 
just you didn't know who the fuck the artist was. Right, right, you right. You would just, for whatever reason, you would just you just, you would just run across the the record like you know you just picked it up for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Had a dope cover. There was something that you were feeling about. Right, it. So right, you buy right. It, not knowing that there was a sample on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And you would play, it and you're like, oh shit. Right. This, this is, this is from this and that, and it just brings. I think even still, like now, you know, even like if I'm buying something and I hear something, it's just it brings back that feeling. Mm-hmm. I'm not against it at all. Yeah, yeah. Know? I think if if you're doing it creatively, um, that's why you know I love Pete Rock and I love Premiere is because they have such a different take on mm-hmm. sampling and even just these new producers. Mm-hmm. You know, now um, Alchemist for for he's been in the game for a long Shit. time, but he is that's he a is bad motherfucker amazing, right dude. there. But Alchemist I mean, is a bad motherfucker. You listen to shit like Yay, right? And he does like, you know, uh, through the wire. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan record. But it's a dope ass mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Right, and you can't deny like that's fucking dope. Yeah, of you course, of I mean? course. I mean, like, you you listen to a lot of the old school Dre records, and like yeah. you go back, just go back and listen. Just go back and listen to um, Snoop, Doggy Style, yeah. Dre, Chronic. Yeah, uh, you know, Daz Dillinger and all the Dog Pound and all that kind of stuff. All that stuff was sampled. Yeah. That stuff was records from the sixties and seventies yeah. and eighties. You know, so they were sampling. You know, a lot of the stuff that they did back then, and it was like, you you know, when we watched uh, the Defiant ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. When Dre did yeah. that, that Marvin, oh my God, when he, I mean, when, and then he just isolated the vocals and he he had the, the drums over here and he had. The highs over here, and it's like the technology now. Fuck, is, bro! Like, like, and that was when Dre Dre had a deep record collection back then. Actually, it's funny, dude, because if you look back at the Chronic, the the um the first one, or does it? No, maybe it might be the second one. But at the back of the album cover is just him and Hitman, and there's just a shitload of records. Right, right, right. They, and, they, they're just and, listed. And he had that. Yeah, back yeah, then. yeah. Like, but like the technology now is crazy. Cause right, now you could. You could actually like the software that DJs have now. You could actually take vocals out of like you know have just an instrumental going and fuck, dude. You snatch the vocals out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. You I mean, to... think about the hard work you had to put yeah. in back then. Like, and that's uh, that was another one of my questions for you. It was like, how much harder was it to DJ back in those days when there was really no laptops to help oh, you God, there was dude. no there was you know you know, there, I, you know dj used to carry crates, crates. of records yeah, bro yeah, like yeah, yeah. these had a boys helped them carry crates you know back and forth to the car to you know speak they had that matter of fact they had their whole damn setup yeah. they had speakers they had their their mixer they had all of their shit and you know for for djs to 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 have that like how hard you know what dude. i'm saying think of how good these these new cats have it yeah. you know what i'm saying today versus when you know what I'm saying when you started, you know, so, like I remember they, we did a party, me and my boys we did a party and oh, a couple things party in Oceanside, mm-hmm. and then we also got hired to DJ one of the local high school dances. Okay, at the time, and we just had crates of records. Just shit, just yeah. just a and whole bunch of shit. And it's weird because like whenever you're transitioning, like so you could have the chorus playing, and that's usually where you do your mixing, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of these records didn't have an eight count fucking you know, intro <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then the vocal so you're trying count. to count you're, yeah. you have to literally so you, count the shit so you used to have to buy doubles right of the record because you would have to cut the instrumental in wait until that chorus was over take that other fucking record off and then blend the fucking vocals into it another thing youngsters 
Learn how to count. Okay, you have to learn how to count music. Yeah. You have to count bars. Yeah, you have to count bars. I remember doing that in music when I was in the booth. I'm like, okay, boom, 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 boom. This is yeah. where it goes. You just kind of—it was kind of natural where it yeah. came. You know what I'm saying? So go ahead, my bad. So like, whenever like, and that's something like whenever like uh, you have like a like one of my uh, first um, one of my first drum machines was an Akai MP60, um, a Roger Lynn edition one, and um, and then later on I had the um, MPC 2000 XL mm -hmm. and that metronome, you know, that uh -huh. mm -hmm. it just keeps you on beat. Right? Yeah. And then, um, so like just learning how to count that. The counter. Was, yeah. Yeah. But it was so different because everything was like from such, like, it, it was weird. Like you, you're like, you heard the tick, but you're like, you already knew. Right. right. You knew where to count. You knew yeah. what was going to come you in. Know you know where the chorus was going to come in. Yeah. 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 And then you had dudes, obviously like, you know, Dilla that defied all that and you could make like dope drums that were all over the place, but still make mm -hmm. it sound, you know, funky or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, just DJing from back then, it was just very, very hard. I'm like sure now, it was. Now with laptops and shit like that, and, <laughs> and the mixers that you have nowadays, oh man. You got a click of a button yeah. as to where but you even want still, that. that. You have to be very creative with that also. Like, I think um, there's a big difference between um, DJs, you know, just mixing and, and, and DJs that, you know, perform. Like mm -hmm. J-Rock from the Beat Junkies is you know, one of my favorite DJs, and every time he's on, he always will just wow. Right, right, right. right. Just, just cold as shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, it's just dope. It's um, that's dope, man. Yeah, man. That's dope, man. Um, it's funny how we we talk about how much the control of a DJ has. Let me tell you a story, a quick story. Um, <laughs> how much control? Let me show you how much control a DJ has. So, I think this is my first performance. Solo. I was in a group, and this is my actual very first solo performance. I had kind of, you know, swayed away from the group at the time, and you know, the guy, you know, wasn't really, you know, vibing like that. We weren't getting along. We just kind of like dismantled. Um, and you know, I had people in my ear at this point in time telling me I need to, you know, go solo. I didn't really need them at that point in time, and which I really did. There's no disrespect, but I mean, we just kind of grew apart. Yeah. Uh, you know, I felt like I was a little bit more advanced at the time. Um you know, just as far as that goes. So it was just kind of time for me to kind of part ways and do my own thing. So we went solo. We, I had a manager at the time, and he had introduced me to one of his good friends who was a DJ, Alex Bellardi. Shout out to Alex, man. i never forget you, man, but, you know, you screwed me on this night. <laughs> so, um, um, so he, so something happened where I had, now mind you, back then, um, iPhones had just come out, so I had all my music on my iPhone. Mm -hmm. But I have him a drive. I gave him my drive of performance tracks. Because back, you know, back then, the, I don't know if they still use it now. I don't really hear it on, on stage. But there's a difference between performance tracks and the actual track itself. And the performance tracks always had the ins and outs, your ad libs, and the course on it to kind of help you get through. It wasn't something you would hear because if you listen to performers now when they're on stage, you can actually hear the entire song behind them versus just them. And then you hear the chorus come in. But at this time, he had my performance tracks. It was like four tracks, and he had my performance tracks. And so I'm like, okay. He had gotten to the, 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 some with somebody with his girl or something. And security carried his ass out. I'm still in the club. Manner's still in there. A couple people we came with. But him and his girl got kicked out. They would not let him back in. I was offering to pay to get him back in. They would not let him back in. I'm like. So at the time, I'm like, hey, yo, can I get my drive? Because I'll just have the house DJ 
put my shit on and we'll just go from there. He wasn't trying to hear me. Like, he's like, no, nah, they should let me fucking back in. No, no, no. I'm like, Blarty, can I get my damn drive, bro? Like, and so I don't know what ended up happening. I think I went back in for some reason. I came back over and I asked my manager at the time, like, where'd he go? He's like, he left. He's like, but I'm on a horn. I'm trying to get him back because we got to get the drive back. I ain't have shit, dude. So now I'm like, okay, so what the fuck I'm going to do? I have no music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my performance. The headliner had pulled out. So now I'm the headliner of the show. Oh, Lord, dude. Headliner pulled out. I'm like, fuck, this is the first performance. Club full of people. I'm like, oh, shit. So <laughs> I just so happened to have the music in my phone. <laughs> I told the DJ, was like, where's your shit at? I'm like, you just got to plug my phone up, G. He's like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, go ahead. So I just had, I just pressed, I told him, just press play right here. You just, you don't have to do anything. Okay. So you press play. I ended up getting through the performance. Performance is dope as fuck. That's what's up. But just to know that the DJ had my music, that's how much I it controlled the situation. You know what I'm saying? He had the actual fucking music. You know what I'm saying? So. That's how much a DJ controls the yeah. situations. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. how much they control situations like this. And you know, funny, you know, ending to funny ending to that story was I at that time did not have my phone on silent. <laughs> so if they call, somebody call my I remember I had people calling my phone all night trying yeah. to get in the club, trying to do it. You gotta put that shit like on everything. The whole motherfucking club would have <laughs> Fucking boy, fucking ring the iPhone ringtone in this bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, god damn! Like, it it's, was. It's funny how it we was. Forget it to, was. Yes. You know, like yes. Forget. Yes, man. Too, yes. Technology has just completely. Right. Right. Man. Yep. It was crazy, man. Um, you know, kind of pivoting off that, man. Um, who are your who, who's who's your biggest influences when it came to DJ? I know you can't. It's a lot of them you can't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's a whole lot of them, but yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah. give me a, a few that kind of play a part in, like, yo, mm, this is God, my. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, um, God, dude, there's so many. There's there's like so many, dude. Mm -hmm. um, Beat Junkies for sure. Um, um, Scratch Pickles. I'm like a big, um, you know, D Styles, uh, Hubert. And, and shortcuts man um but mellow melody and okay and and babs and you know j-rock they're just just i've always looked up you know okay and i've always tried i've always tried to embody like the same type of especially with the junkies man okay because they were just so well-rounded yeah yeah such well-rounded djs but i mean you know as far as like battle djs go um you know mr sinister total eclipse you know um Rock Raider, you know, guys like uh, Craze, A-Track, mm -hmm. like the Allies, uh, people from Top Ramen Crew, I have two, you know, Petrix. Right. Um, God, there's so, there's, there's so many. Um, um, and even like the new school, um, even like the new school kids today, man, like uh, K-Swiss, um, there's just so, there's so many DJs. Right, right. Um, but definitely, you know, um, the pioneers for, for right. sure. You know, because I, I think that they, they helped kind of shape that in the DJs that okay. I looked up to, which then, you know, were, pay, they paved the way for them. And so right, right, right. They, they showed us, like, how to, you know, what a DJ is supposed to be. And so, okay. yeah, there's there's so many, man. Right, right, so, right. So many. Right. That's dope, man. Um, Just to know, 
who your influences are and that you got into this thing authentically and that you did have, you know what I'm saying, somebody who inspired you to do that. I always, you know, get the question of who inspired me to want to rap. And, you know, one of my biggest, biggest influences, because I got into rapping late. Yeah. Like I was always in the music. I knew all the lyrics. I was, I was always a musical person. But who got me into wanting to type, you know, type of rap was, you know, two to the the greatest metaphoric rappers I believe in my time, which is Lil Wayne and Fabulous. Mm -hmm. When you talk about metaphors and you talk about different ways they like to flip the shit, I think Fabulous is one of the greatest MCs out there. Oh, that really, dope. people yeah. don't really dope. give yeah. a lot yeah. of attention to, yeah. but Fabulous is one of the greatest MCs yeah. ever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Whoever has has he's just he's just dope, man. Yeah. He's got style, Absolutely. he's got flow. His metaphor, Absolutely his bars, bro, like yeah. are on another level when it comes to I think like soul mixtapes. His mixtapes was one of the greatest series of yeah. all time. Yeah. So that's that's dope, man. So but then if you so talk about like the DJ like controlling that part of mm -hmm. it, if you even have like the right so breathe with just blaze and fat, mm -hmm. oh my god. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just that just that track. Oh yeah. Work. And just blaze is a, he's a DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot yeah. of the a lot of the producers out there were DJs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dr. Yeah. J was a DJ. Yeah, yeah. Uh, DJ Quick yeah, was obviously was a, a DJ. He's you know? another one that's underrated. Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, huge, huge, hugely underrated. Yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. he's is is big, big, big part of the West Coast scene, but not just West Coast. I mean, this dude has has brought back a lot of groups. Yeah, he's brought yeah. back a like when he did, you know, get down with Tony. Like Tony, that was one of my favorite songs that he's he's ever done. And it's just that the influence and and really just kind of bringing out one of the first MCs of Compton to really come out yeah, yeah, yeah. and really make it his own because it was his music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, you understand how hard it is for somebody to not only uh, to not only compose the music but have to perform it, and it's their music. They made the beat, they made the track, they scratched on it, they did all this shit, and then have to have people come out and accept it, and it be something big. That's a huge, huge thing. So like I said, when, when people, you know what I'm saying, when people DJ, you know what I'm saying, and they, they come out with these records and DJs make beats and shit like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. it's uh it's a big thing, yeah, man. That's a huge thing. That's a yeah. huge thing, yeah. man. It's hard to do, man. That shit is not easy no, to do. It's hard, that shit is, is not it's not, you know what I'm saying, easy to do at all. So I I, I think this is dope, man. What do you prefer, man? Do you prefer digital or analog? Um both really. Both. Um, yeah, when, I mean, coming up, obviously, you know, I, I come from an analog background, mm -hmm. but I'm not, I'm not so like, cause I know that, you know, back in the day there, you know, there's purists and right. shit like that. And, and I think that if you know how to work analog gear, yeah. I think your understanding of learning how to operate digital stuff right. um, is more advantageous, right? Yeah. Um, so I have nephews that, that come over. Um, and they're into like a lot of like a, a couple of them got into like DJing and buying controllers okay. and stuff like this, and and one of them goes, I think I can rock this on the turntable, and oh, they shit. get on, and they get on turntables and they find out that it's very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, just, it's not, not easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They go, man, this is fucking hard. <laughs> um, and so, I, I, you know, both. I think that you know, obviously coming from like an analog background, and and it was different because back then, dude, mm -hmm. like. I think my fucking MPCs only sampled like fucking like fifteen seconds. Right, right. <laughs> like you had to you had again. To it's it was harder yeah, back dude. then because I mean everything was manual. Everything yeah. was 
you know, presets. Yeah. You have to have your your shit in there correct. Like I've I've heard like um, you know, um what's the cast that made um Who Shot You with uh for for uh LL. And they they were just hitting that 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 one. Yeah. You heard that's you heard and he was like, Oh shit, I know what that is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I know what that is. See, it was even you know? harder, like so my NPC, like if you if you were fucking with dudes that were running like an EMU SP twelve hundred, for example, right? Like who had that? Easy Moby had mm-hmm. that. Um God, dude. So like other like that that was like the shit back mm-hmm. then, right? And like you would pair that with like an Akai S nine fifty or something like mm-hmm. that. You get like a little bit more sound, but still you were only working with what, eight seconds of time? <laughs> right, right, you right, know? right. Like who the fuck does right, that? Right, right, right. And you were it's able like to this make, smidget yeah, of something. But you were still able to make hits off of that mm-hmm. shit. You know? And it was just such an iconic piece of equipment. But I think now, you know, like, so, like, even some of my favorite DJs now, like, they, they fucked with, like, you know, the new Pioneer mixers mm-hmm. where, um, you know, a lot of it is preset and um, you're, you're pressing buttons. But I know where they came from. Yeah. And so watching them, like, work off of what they knew before, plus this shit, is like fucking game changer, right? You know what I mean, right? So I, I mean both, really. Yeah, it's dope. Like both, both. I think it both serves a purpose. There's always and, a big separation between oh, yeah, the yeah. big worlds. You yeah, know, yeah, a yeah. lot of old school. Like, yeah, this new shit, yeah. You know, it's, it's... I try to see past that because I remember, you know, like just my um, just listening to like you know people that were you know older than me or like mm-hmm. even just like lean on your uncles or whatever. Like I don't like that shit. You know? <laughs> There's always that old yeah, hater. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's always in back in my day. We didn't have to yeah, do all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shit, I was know? watching. Um, I forgot what it's what it was called. I think it's called the Get Down, and it was uh, Connor's story, like Grandmaster Flash, mm-hmm. and you know how they got down, and um, of how he created how was it? How is it the Breakpoint? He marked it with a yeah with a yeah, crayon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like that's how I remember where the break point yeah, is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you're listening to it on one side, and then it's like, okay, I'm gonna. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, dude. But that's it's, it's, it's an art, bro. It's like that shit's now, hard, dude. Nowadays, dude, you could just you you're so basically Serato is like the is like the platform that a lot of these DJs are using. Okay. Right? And I mean, in its own right, it's it's come very very far. Right. It's a, it's a very good piece of equipment, but you're just you know. You're just marking your you basically Where it is you, a button yeah, yeah. right there. But you can look through like my battle records, my hip hop records, man. You got fucking stickers and all that shit up on there. Because <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have fucking right, right, right. Back then, Which right? what was your go to battle record? Oh God, dude. Um probably toasted marshmallow break by the scratch pickles or um or um uh, Super Duck Breaks by Babu. Okay. There were so many. Yeah. Gambling Pete was another one by Melody that I, I used to use a lot. Um, anything from anything from these styles. Okay. Um, you know, but those were always like the ones that I, I, I mean, up until now, like up in, in until now, I always scratch with them. Right, right, right. You know? Yeah. So, That's dope. Yeah. <laughs> That's dope. Going back to samples, what's your, what's, what's your ultimate sample? If you had you know, one I sample to this, use, dude. I really thought about what, this, what would your sample be? I know, because, Again, like I told you, ladies and gentlemen, when I went to this man's house, I mean, he's got vinyls for your mama's vinyls. Like they're, they're fucking everywhere, man. I mean, it's so organized, and I'm like, dude, I'm like, how the hell do you know what you even have in yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so many, but the the setup is beautiful. But oh, like you. for for 
for what you know what I'm saying? Like for, I, I, that's very hard. That's it's like all, yeah, that's, that's tough. tough. But what, okay, so so give me give me your favorite sample. I think the most probably the one that stands out to me the most is Apache by Incredible Bongo Band. Ooh, yeah, I know that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that one. Yeah, I know that. Um, one. and only just because like once you hear it. You know, yeah, you know, you know exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah but mm -hmm. I mean, it could be and like that's just like the most probably the most um, iconic one for me. Okay. But I mean, it could be anywhere from like I know James, like a lot of James Brown shit. Yeah, like, dude. Yeah. Um, at one point, man, I was collecting so much funk and R and B and soul stuff. That's all I was collecting. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, but definitely incredible bongo band of Apache. Right, you know, I think by far, I, I don't even. That, that's like the only thing that I can think of. Like I thought about that, and I was like, "Fuck, that's yeah, a, that's a really good question." But right, it's so right, hard right. to answer. Right. Oh yeah, it's a very tough. That's a that's a very very tough. Yeah. Tough thing to answer. I know you had went on a trip to New York. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell me a little bit about that, man, because oh god, you know, from from being from California, yeah, I've never been to New York, New York, but number one. New York people kind of get on my nerves because they, <laughs> because they got to tell you they're from New York every five minutes. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. They, I'm from New York. Okay, motherfucker, like, I get it, bro. Like, but I, I mean, I, you know, I dug the culture. Yeah. You know, growing up, you know, that's what I saw growing up. I saw the whole, you know, the the, the East Coast versus West Coast beef. And, you know, you had Notorious B.I.G. Yeah. You had, you know, uh, Gangstar coming out of the East Coast. You had Wu-Tang. You know what I'm saying? One of the, my favorite groups that came out of the East Coast. One of the more commercialized groups because I didn't grow up with East Coast culture. Yeah, I grew yeah. up with West Coast West culture. Coast, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But again, I didn't know East Coast until I got into like high school. Yeah. That's when I started understanding who Wu Tang was, who Redman really was, who you know what I'm saying? Just like just them them cats back then, man. Like Guru and yeah. like just knowing these people. Like man, it's like huge, man. Like that that influence is huge, man. So it like was, when you dude. went to New York, I'm sure you went. Crate picking. I mean, oh I'm sure God, you. I'm yeah. sure you. I know you didn't yeah, have a. You know, all so the time was, in the world. <laughs> that was one of the. We so we went out there with our good friend. Shout out Mo and Jr. Um, and 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 my wife. So it was, okay. We were there for probably about a week. Okay. Uh, a couple of days. Um. But that was like one for the soul. Right? Yeah, 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 for sure. You know, because I mean, sure. I know that we talked back in the day, and, and you know my love for like you know mm -hmm. West Coast hip hop. Mm -hmm. But that was really, really one for the soul. Right. Right. You right. Know? Um, being like in the subways and 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 going to Shaolin, like Shaolin, on yeah, Staten Island, yeah, yeah, where, taking a ferry, yeah, dude, yeah, that's dope. Where Wu Tang was from, that's dope as shit. That was yeah. like that was just like a deep like soul rush, right? Because they're not anywhere from. Don't get me wrong. They're correct me if I'm wrong. They're not anywhere close to New York, right? No. No. There's no, nowhere no, near no, New, yeah, New no. York. It's like their yeah, own yeah, their yeah. own it's world. Like their own yeah. world. Yeah. yeah, that's. Oh, so shit. that was dope as fuck right, when I found right. that out, right? So then, so to put that into perspective, it was just like kind of like how that kind of ties back. Nobody fucking goes to Temecula. <laughs> right, right, you know? right, like, right. It's but, his own world, yeah, though. His own world, right. But that's where I learned a lot of the stuff. Right. And so you learn about these, you know, these dudes from Staten Island that came out with End of the 36, and you're just like, RZA would just fucking amazing oh my god man another amazing one of the greatest records. producers oh ever god, man dude, like the one of the greatest producers have ever when touched. i first heard cream and can it all be so simple <sighs> my gosh man like just amazing amazing music dude right and so that shit stays with you forever yeah you know what i mean and just to be like just to be where there where it all kind of mm -hmm. started and then even going you know to even going to brooklyn and mm -hmm. being like a huge 
um, you know, Biggie fan. Biggie was um, from, and you know, like I even wanted to go to fucking Queens, but we didn't have no time. Right, we, right, we right. Drove past Queens. And for what I understand, people to put it in perspective who've never been there, those shits are not close to each other. No, they're yeah, like yeah. you would think it's when you hear New York, yeah. it's like you would think it's L.A. Yeah, yeah. And there's Pasadena, and there's this like you know they're. Fairly, not too far. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you hear these boroughs like Queens yeah. and Harlem and shit. You hear the boroughs. They're not. They're not close to each other. Yeah. Like they're like. It's weird, <laughs> you know. Like I have, I worked with you know a couple of people that come from New York and just talking to people that come from New York, and I can understand like the culture there is very, you know, rightfully so. Like you can see why that is such a huge influence. Right. Right. Then they come to Cali and they stay. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Too damn cold in New York and shit. Yeah, it was cold in the motherfucker there. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was that was like one for the soul right there, like for sure. It's dope. And so I had a chance to go digging at, at, at one of the spots out there. And I and I mean, I tell you, man, I could have been at that record store for hours. Yeah, I'm sure you could have. Just talking to the owner there. Like, mm-hmm. Me and him, like we were already yeah, talking. Yeah, yeah. You know, music shit, you know. They can kind of tell you when you're not from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The motherfuckers yeah. getting kind of yeah. sniff out of California. Like, we were know, talking yeah. about like, I, you know, we were talking about, um, oh God, like there was a drum piece from um, from David Axelrod. Um, track is called Holy Thursday. And okay. it's probably one of my, it's probably up there with one of my favorite samples. Right. But I was talking to the owner about this and he was like, oh man, you like David Axelrod? And, so he started like bringing up a whole bunch of stuff, and I was like, "Yeah, man, David Axelrod was another dude that helped produce um, a track for a couple tracks for um, um, Ernie Ford, Tennessee Ernie Ford, okay. just like a bunch of stuff." So we, we kind of bonded over right. that, and, and it's funny, like the friends that were there were there, like, "Okay, let me go." Usually, but you just straight like you straight up, yeah, 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 you straight up, straight up part of the culture. So you like you stay there for hours in your world and shit. Yeah, yeah, that's dope, man. That's dope. So a while back, I remember I asked him on Instagram, you know, can we really trust these these dude cats uh, yeah, yeah, with yeah. hip hop? And you know, I got a lot of no's, but then that, quite frankly, I was surprised when I got that yes, yes from you. For me, yeah. When I got that yes for me, I was like, oh, shit. Okay, so this is definitely, and at that yeah. time, of course, I was doing my research and shit like that. But, you know, 50 years of hip-hop, we, you know, we continue to, to celebrate the culture. We continue to celebrate, Absolutely. you know, how far it's come, how, how far it is, where it is now. Regardless of the state of you agree or disagree, hip-hop is where it is, man. And, you know, we, you know, I heard, um, you know, Kevin Garnett say something, is an old NBA player. He said, you know, when we continue to look at this pastime, you know, the golden age, how it was and how it is. And we're not really realizing how great it can be now. So I understood where your answer was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are a lot of artists that I don't listen to, and I'm pretty sure you don't. But I understand, you know, you got to kind of live in the now, you know what I'm saying, at a certain yeah. point because yeah. you're missing some of these artists out here are really great. Can you yeah. speak on your so, perspective of that? One thing that, you, one thing that you cannot take away is that change is inevitable, right? Mm-hmm. There are, there, there's a reason why I said yes to that. And that's because it keeps us in the conversation. As well. Right, right, right. And so, um, as long as as there's a mentor for these kids to to kind of go back to like and know where their roots kind of come from, they can take hip hop in the direction that it's supposed to go right. in. You know what I mean? Instead of just you know like how we were talking about like the money grab and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, I think it's very important to know um, where your roots come from. Right. Um, first and foremost, who created you know the culture. Um, and what you can do to, cause I mean, let's face it, dude, like there's a bunch of new, um, artists that are out right now, but really like the only ones that are kind of getting like their talk about is like, you know, like your Kendricks and your J. Coles mm-hmm. and dudes that know what it's like. What to have the culture is. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when Kendrick came out, dude, he was, 
he like a lot of like his underground stuff was fucking dope. Yeah, yeah. And then to have like a mentor like you know Dre mm-hmm. kind of come in and, and you know take him under his wing. Not even only that, like just like a bunch of like the West Coast OGs. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, they kind of embraced him like they, Snoops. They, they did embrace, they embrace him. him. The game, yeah, they yeah, took yeah. him on his tour and, and stuff like that. You no, know, very much like kind of like the same thing with like Joey Badass and like DJ Premier. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like know. under his wing, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, he kinda... and then, like, it's like a and even Wayne, too, when he was with like Juvenile and you know, and mm-hmm. like, it was you know, it was a it was an upbringing, it was an upbringing, it was it was so you know... that's you know, if you I, I, I say that like you can trust these kids with it, but you also have to. You also have to kind of guide them, like right. much like right. taking that that same approach as you know, um, as that that mental role. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, because um, I think that they can these kids nowadays, man. Like the stuff that they come up with is just you know mind blowing. I think there was a kid that produced something for Kendrick, like on his fucking iPhone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It'd yeah. be youngsters, like yeah. 15, 16 year olds, that be coming out with some of these dope ass yeah. beats that you hear out it's here, crazy, these dope dude. concepts. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I definitely, yeah. When you put it in that way, I definitely can can feel where yes. you're coming from as far as that goes. Now you have a lot of the ignorance and shit out here that we hear, you know, a lot of these un, you know, un, you know, well thought out, you know, lyrics and and you know things that people talk about. But again, I, I believe that's kind of what takes the authenticity out of it for me. Um, but again, you do have to you you. I mean, you you do have to keep it relevant because if they're not gonna keep it alive, at least it's, if they. If they're not doing what they're doing, it's gonna die. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And there's gonna be that that culture where they said in the 80s and the 70s where this shit ain't gonna work. That's kind of like I, you know hate, what I'm saying? I hate to bring it up this way, man, but that's kind of like remember Tyson when he was coming up mm-hmm. with Kuz Demato, like he really looked after Tyson. Right, like, right, right. That was his son. Yeah. Right? And then when Kuz died, kind of went. Yeah. You know, saying he, he kind of went. He, he kind of he just kind of lost it. Yeah. He lost everything. And then and then Don King right <laughs> comes in. Don, and that's a great a, analogy. You know what I mean? Like absolutely. He just fucking just he kind of yeah like, believed. Didn't even fuck about nope, Mike no, after that. no. It was a whole money grab. Yeah, Took the authenticity out of it. You knew that Mike was gonna sell, mm-hmm. and you didn't give a fuck about him. You yep. just wanted to make money. You just wanted to make money off. You know, and he was doing that, and he's you know just like I think who's. Who's done? Oh, Adrian Broner. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. As I said, he's promoting Broner, somebody recently. Yeah, yeah. yeah Adrian yeah. Broner. So, but just like that, like I think that very much so. Like you know, whether or not these, whether or not these kids don't think that they need it, you know, that mentorship, you know, because I had that growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, my cousin uh, Roy, who you know passed away, um, was a huge mentor, mm-hmm. to me. and he was one of the ones that, you know, um, got me into like. Um, you know, like he, when he came up in Temecula, he had like a lot of Mexican friends. Mm-hmm. So he was he very much came up on like the low riding culture. Okay. But then he also listened. One of his favorite MCs was was Quick, and so he listened to like hip hop. And he was kind of like that that guy for me. Right, 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 right. right. Him, and his, him and his younger brother. And so I was only that I was only able to like kind of learn what I did, you know, because of them. Mm-hmm. Which in the same sense, like a lot of like these younger like MCs and younger DJs and stuff. Like tenfold. Right, 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 right. So that's dope. That's dope. I mean, you know, kind of going back. You know, we always talk about you know, you know, the greatest. You know, who's the greatest rapper of all time? You know, who has the best album? And you know, with rap and and shit like that. But we never really get into. And you know, you're you're a big R and B guy, but we never you don't really hear who's the greatest R&B singer oh, of all yeah, time yeah, yeah, yeah. or who had the best Ooh. R&B album. Now, when I ask these questions, people, I don't say this because it's a staple. I, everything is opinionated. Obviously, everybody has their favorites. 
So I'm not here to say, but I am here to spark barbershop talk. This is what the, this spot yeah, is yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. This is what we came to the spot. It was always a debate. Oh, this motherfucker. Uh, but in your opinion, bro, if you had to call it, who is the greatest R&B singer of all time? It's a two-part question. And then Jeez, who man. is who has the greatest R&B album? For rap, there's a lot of people who say who Pac has the greatest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's the greatest album? You know, greatest R. You know, greatest rapper of all time. And then some people say Big, and some people say Snoop, and you know, it's all opinionated. But in your opinion, in your opinion, with R&B, and I know you come from the big. Like I said, his Rolodex is huge. So you know what I'm saying? I mean, We're, with R&B, like I when I was when I was growing up, I was a a big babyface fan, mm. and you know, just with him and, and the deal, also, yeah. Um, god, dude, like, you know, I think probably because he 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 probably just doesn't get the I, he gets the recognition, obviously, that he deserves, but mm -hmm. like, dude, honestly, it'd be like either him or Teddy Riley, yeah, you know. Um, but I mean, even that, like, even like the more on the more popular mm -hmm. um fan base, I was a big Michael fan, like, yeah, you know, but I mean. Babyface just has his hands in so many different artists, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, but shit, dude, like, that was, like, one of the things, too. Like, growing up, if it wasn't rap music, like, R&B was such a big part. But mm -hmm. also, like, I remember my mom, my mom was a nurse, but she would get ready going to work, and she'd be playing Whitney Houston yeah. or, or yeah. you know, or some shit. And, but, I mean, it, it was just, you knew how deep it was because, like, so a lot of people forget them too. There's a bunch of he's like like the junior sales of R&B like mm -hmm. the Jets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like right, and they were just a Samoan family. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that God, dude, that there's just so so many people to name. Also, I think you know just because of uh, Babyface's body of work, you know who he's um, produced for and um, what projects he mm -hmm. was uh, a part of. You know, I would definitely say that he's definitely up there. Yeah, he sure. was on so much yeah. that I didn't even realize. Like, like uh, I want to say maybe what was it like? Even like maybe two three months ago, I was listening. I don't know what got me on to listening uh, Madonna, but he wrote "Take a Bow." Yeah, from Madonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know yeah, that. Yeah. I didn't. Even, I didn't even yeah. know that. And I was I was looking through the credits, and I'm like. Babyface wrote this shit. He comp he came up with with everything, and you know what I'm saying. Like Babyface wrote this shit, so you know what I'm saying. So you know it, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy of how you know what I'm saying of how of how you know he pretty much just kind of came up yeah, yeah, yeah. with you know everything and just kind of came up with artists that you wouldn't even think yeah, that this yeah, man yeah. would be in the studio with or or but again. That's music. Yeah, that's what makes the world Dude, go around. When they you did that, what I'm saying? when they did that verses between between them two, I think that shit shut the internet down. Oh man. yeah, it literally shut down. Yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> shit didn't work. It, it, did. it didn't work at all. It didn't work at all. <laughs> it, did, it didn't. It didn't work at all. So, but that I was, mean, that was that was bad as fuck. Yeah, that was really dope. Yeah, that was that was dope, man. And and Teddy, <laughs> man, Teddy, he had <laughs> it's supposed to be a, a a small, intimate. You know, we in COVID. Where, where, you know, everybody is supposed to be separated. Babyface is, is cool. He got the sexy vibe with the candle yeah, yeah, and yeah, like, shit. He looked like he had a smoker. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Teddy got a whole damn band Dude. behind him. He performed, you know, all this shit. I'm like, God damn, bro. I mean, you know, it's a show. It's a show. I mean, that's what it was. Like you said, when you said Teddy and you said baby, you talk about, you know, 
one or two of the greatest prolific artists of all time. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, of, of, of all time, man. So that's dope, man. So, you know, I'm gonna flip it on you a little bit. Um, okay. You know, you know, men mental. This is you know, this is November, and and this probably won't come out in November at the at at this point in time. But you know, I like to always you know focus on you know men's mental health. It's no secret that I you know deal with anxiety. I've told you this before. I mm -hmm. deal with anxiety. Mm -hmm. I deal with a lot of things that you know um, a lot of men just kind of go through just on a daily basis. You know, just, just being a family man, being a working man, being a provider. I'm not saying that women don't go through it, but a lot of things that are placed on men's shoulders, just societal views, just from a society view, um, you know, systemic, you know, staples that we put on ourselves and what society puts on us, it's a lot, you know, and, you know, it's a lot for, you know, for a man to have to sustain this type of shit, you know, given the, you know, the life that we live now, it's, it's a lot different than what it was back then. We were just providers back then. We went out and worked and we brought home the bacon and the wife cooked the bacon. But now, you know, it's, we live in a different world. Yeah. We live yeah, in a different yeah. world. We have to sustain a lot. So what is your outlet, man, doing this? I mean, you got the kids, you got the oh, wife, man. you got, you know, you got to, you know, you do your, your, your things on the side. Like, how do you yeah, sustain yourself? Like, or like, it just, you know, like when the kids were younger, it was almost like you don't even know how you're going through the day because you're just so damn busy. Okay. Right. Um, now that they're a little bit older, you know, and they help out, thank God, you know, with, with, with Ezra sometimes, um, it's like fitness, right? Right. Like you just, it, it has to be, you have to incorporate it. Right, right, right. Like, you know, like if there's anything that like, before I go to work, like I'm at work hella early, but I won't go in early. For uh, that. Right. I'm in my car taking my like 15 minutes to be right. fresh, like, you know, having that alone time and, you know. Usually, like, late at night, like, when I do, like, you know, when when everybody's, like, you know, chill or whatever, and, and, um, so. How are you guys? All right, all right. You too. And, um, you know, I get the chance to, then I'm usually out, you know, just, you know, scratching, cutting, listening to, like, a stack of records that I just bought, or, mm -hmm. you know, just listening to things i think that that's just one of those things where you really do have to find the time to fit that into your schedule right and 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 there can't be no ifs ands or buts about it right like it's weird like growing up like in a filipino household especially with my dad dude my dad was um still is you know um very hard-headed mm -hmm. and there was no talk about mental health Right, because if you if because if you talked about it, then then for whatever reason, you know, the thinking was that you were weak in some way, and I don't think that that's something that we should have put. Like nowadays, it's a systemic like, thing yeah, that society it's, it's puts very, on you. Back then, it yeah, was. back then it was. Right, right, right. You know, like because they talk about that shit mm -hmm. like all the time. Like I remember, I remember being a kid, and you know, when you would turn on the TV back in the day. Because back in the day, you just had channels 2 to 13. Right. right? <laughs> and so the com there was yeah. a lot of commercials with, like, back in the day, there used to be a bunch more outlets as far as, like, mental hospitals go because mm -hmm. they played that shit right, right. on TV. There was, like, a lot of PSAs. Yeah. There's a lot of PSAs. Dude. There's a lot of PSAs for drugs. There's a lot of PSAs for there mental was, health. Man. And you don't, you don't get that. Now. Yeah, dude, you don't, like, you don't the see fucking eggs on drugs. Like, right, right, right. This yeah, is your this brain. brain. This is your brain, brain on drugs. Right? <laughs> or fucking, yeah. uh... The dad, remember, he found a joint. He goes, right. we are, you, right. you, dad? Yeah. I learned it from my yeah. 
No, oh, right? the person asked yeah, commercials, man. man. Yeah, bro. And, that's that. Yeah, there bro. There was a lot of PSA for that, but then for whatever reason, dude, there's been a drop off on that. Yeah, and absolutely. And there's been a lot of, uh, you know, closures of a lot of mental um, facilities. Mm-hmm. Um, not as much resources. Resources, I was gonna say. And that you too. could totally tell. And now motherfuckers are wilding out. Right. Right. Because you know you can you can contribute that to not having those resources. Right. A lot of I mean, and and think about it. California deals with so much homelessness. Yeah. I would like to say L.A. Yeah. Deals with a lot. You know, yeah. homelessness. You yeah. got million dollars at the you know sixtieth floor. You yeah. go down to the first floor. It's poor. You know, and it's sad. Dude. It's really sad. And you know, the crazy part, bro, is. When you see a lot of those people, the majority of them are people who have mental illness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not people who you just, you know, you know, you would think, hey, can you go get a job, or you can go get a job, or you could. These people are mentally ill. Mm-hmm. They're not looking. This is normal to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is the way they. I mean, they do. They they have built homes out there. They have toilets and they have yeah uh, washing machines and they have TVs. It's the entire setup that they have out there, and a lot of it, you know, a lot of it. I, I, you know, one of the biggest things that is heartbreaking to me is how we treat, you know, uh, American vets. You know, you throw them out into this world, they go and they have to do these types of things to defend the country. Yeah. And, and, you know, shout out and thank you guys for continuing to yeah, do that. For sure. um, but, you know, you, you, you throw them and then you throw them back in society and they're just supposed to function in this. It's like somebody kind of get back into the world being in jail for so many years in prison. They're just supposed to function out here. Given that what they had to do, given the things that they had to see yeah. and do and, and, and have to witness and have to be a part of. Yeah, dude. And that's not normal. That's not something that they can normally function on. And then they come back out here and then it's like, how are they supposed to function? What are they supposed yeah, to do? It's just, it's just this perpetual kind of cycle. Yeah. It just kind of keeps going. Yeah. And I don't even know the answer to it. You know no, I, mean? they're, they're, I don't think. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's gotten so bad that it's like. I don't know how to fix it. Right, right. I don't think anybody knows how to right. fix it. Right. I don't think you can throw, I think you can, you know, money is a big thing, but I think you're going to have to, it's going to take somebody who really cares yeah. in regards to this, who really gives a damn, um, you know, and, and, and who really cares about, it's going to take somebody who's either dealt with it or who knows, you know what I'm saying, the struggle of it. Um, because yeah. I think, that, you know, dealing with mental, mental health and, I didn't really realize, bro, I had so much anxiety until maybe like two years ago. Um, and it's just, it's my type, the anxiety that I had, have, and I still deal with, it's this constant feeling of something is going to go wrong. Something is going to bad, bad happen. And you start to try to really figure out mm-hmm. where these traumas and different things come from. And then, you know, a lot of times they don't come from anything. They just, you know, they just, they, they're just in you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes is it sometimes things that you've dealt with in the past, obviously. But you know, I've come to realize that it's okay. It's okay to 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 not know why you're depressed yeah. at this moment. It's okay to not know, you know what I'm saying? And given the line of work that we both have done, and you know, there's a lot of things that we've seen yeah. and we see people go through, and it's like, bro, we are blessed to yeah. have yeah, yeah. these types of problems, yeah. given the, you know what I'm saying, what we see. But at the end of the day, I don't wish mental struggle on anybody. Yeah. I think, and I think if 90% of people went to therapy and, and I think this world would be so much better off. Yeah. Man. I think therapy you know? is like a huge thing too. And also the support system that we yeah. have also. Yeah. Know, we're very blessed in, 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 in that aspect. The therapy I think is something now that I think people are starting to embrace more of, mm-hmm. you know, like I think about like that shit and I was, and you know, like, 
and I'm like, damn, you know, if my pops was willing to go through therapy back then, mm -hmm. you know, the type of man that how far know, it would have came now? Right? So because it's because you think about you know a mm -hmm. lot of you know not to say that you know any different like right. I love my, my my pops for you know who my pops is, mm -hmm. um, and it just kind of gives you just like that different way of kind of like growing up. But man, there's a lot of people that you see that have you know have uh, been given you know a second chance, third chance just mm -hmm. by going to therapy. Yeah, home. yeah, and I think that's something that should be. Um, utilized, I think it's something that should be promoted more for sure. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. That, that's it's it's huge. And like you said, I think it's becoming a little bit more popular yeah, these days yeah, to yeah, do yeah. it, and people people are kind of a little more open to it yeah. because it's more of a kind of an accepted type of thing. Yeah. yeah versus yeah. a you know looked down upon or you you're, you're looked at a certain way because of, of this. I I think I appreciate that jobs you know obviously try to get you to you know give you you know take. They, they put a lot on you, but there there are points where you can be like, yo, I'm mentally just I can't yeah. do this right now. And they just have to, you know, completely understand. So I think that's amazing, man. Um, um, I'm going to wrap it up soon. Um, but I, I have two last questions for you now. First off, we would get back into this Tupac thing. Okay. And you, you had, you were one of the people who told me to watch the Dear Mama yeah, yeah, the yeah. The Dear Mama docuseries. And Such a well done. Um, it was a very well done, wasn't yeah, it, bro? Yeah. Like, very, very well done. I think one of the biggest things for me, man, is when they isolated his vocals. I think that's a huge part of it also. Yeah, yeah. when they had his vocals and you could just hear the rawness. You yeah. can hear the paper turning. Yeah. You can hear his jewelry clinking. You can hear, and it's just a personal type right. thing. And when you had a sound up and it's just like, you know what I'm saying? My gosh, man. It's just like, it's when you hear this man's voice, you can hear the pain right. in this, in this, this yeah, brother's yeah. voice. And like I was telling one of my, one of my other, one of my other boys, like when <clears throat> that given it the, the, how he was even born into this world, you got to understand where this man comes from. He was misunderstood, but you got to understand what he was born into. When a mother is going through things and she's stressed out while she's pregnant, that baby is getting everything yeah, that she yeah, has. Yeah. The stress. The emotions, the traumas, the different things, all the, the 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 drama that went on when she was pregnant with him, and I don't want to ruin it for a lot of people who didn't watch it out there. But you got to understand what this man was born into. Yeah. He was he was born basically in jail. Yeah. So this man was born in captivity. He was born locked down. He was born in in a system that was ran against him. So when you come out, you're gonna have anger naturally. You're gonna be you know he's you know what I'm saying. He's born into stress. Yeah. So think about when somebody dies at 25 years old of what they had to go through. What what was your perspective on that? So man? one of the things that right off the bat that I noticed, like when they filmed it, is how they intertwined Fenny's like trial and Pop's. That was amazing, right? Right. So that was that was dope. How they were able to keep throughout that whole documentary bond between mother and, mm -hmm. uh, and son mm -hmm. uh, because that was so important. Right. But singling out his vocals i'm like man who better to tell a story than yourself right right about yourself mm -hmm. than you mm -hmm. and you know this is some this is this is a man that was you know for lack of better words totally ahead of his time absolutely a revolutionary um a storyteller and somebody that we quite frankly were not worthy of no no at all no. you know just just what he the type of person that he was um captivated minds he 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 spoke with audiences and, and and people would listen. Right. You know, and it it's just sad to see somebody like that pass away at mm -hmm. such an early age, but the the vocals, man, mm. it was That's just a, 
I mean, if anything, it was captivating. It was very thought-provoking. But that's, like, the only thing, like, so when they did that, and I'm like, damn, like, really, who mm-hmm. honestly better to, to, to tell a story about themselves than you, mm-hmm. than that person, right? So it, it was different because when they did, because Hulu did Adila one also, mm-hmm. and it was a good documentary mm-hmm. too, but you didn't hear a lot from Dilla. Yeah, no, you didn't hear like a lot. lot. Of intro I didn't know a lot about Dilla until like up yeah. until he passed away. Yeah. I, didn't, they, I didn't hear too much about you Dilla. You had like a lot of people speaking for him. His, his moms was speaking for him. I know, yeah, him. his mom spoke a lot um, for him. But Pac was such, um, Pac was such a polarizing figure, right? Mm-hmm. And there was reasons for the things that he did. And, and that documentary, man, it just opened up. My it eyes, opened up like, a lot, didn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, dude. It wasn't a typical who shot no. Pac. Yeah. It wasn't a typical we're going to hear the same stories over and yeah, over and over yeah, and over yeah. again. Yeah. No. And I don't know if you... I got the candle back there, but the, did you get a chance to experience the Wake Me Up When I'm Free um, uh, museum they did for Pac? No, I know that they... they um Because I remember you posted... Yeah, yeah, I went. That was amazing, yeah. bro. Yeah, it was amazing yeah. to see. You see different things and different stories and actual pen writings and the reels that he had. You know what I'm saying? It was an area where it was Dr. Dre's reels where you couldn't touch. It yeah. was blocked off. And it was an actual soundboard where he recorded, you know, um, um, All Eyes on Me. On. Yeah, and it was just amazing just to see. And if you're an artist or DJ or anybody who's yeah, part yeah, of this, yeah. you really get to appreciate shit like that. Yeah, it, was, it was amazing to see. I think one of the biggest points in the documentary that really took me out, man, was, um, and again, I don't like tell a lot, but I, I have to talk about it, um, was when he was going to off himself. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That took me out. That damn near made me almost cry. You know what I'm saying? As a grown man, I almost cried in that situation because you got to understand this man. He had. It just shows you the authenticity of a human being. Like I'd rather be dead than to be shackled. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna take take me out. I'm gonna go to I'm gonna just go to the forest. Just drop me off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna smoke a bunch of weed and just call Matulu and tell him they lost one. And it's like. Man, my gosh, bro! The stuff like, like you, you know, said, it's just shit like that. Little stories you yeah, hear, dude, man. I've like, never heard nothing like it, that. It also brings a very human element to it, though, yes, too, right? Like, yes. right? Because you look at him as just like this larger than life. Yeah, figure. man. And then like the rape charges, right? And, and you're you know, and, like how and you're genuinely and uh, and just not being a fan of him, but when you see that you can honestly see he didn't. Yeah, he didn't do that. Yeah. It wasn't. It, it wasn't, wasn't yeah, him. It wasn't. It wasn't in him yeah, to yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah. It just was not in him to be that yeah. way. So when you talk about somebody going to jail who's innocent, damn it, they convinced like it was just like that's just not him. You he loved women. He loved yeah. he came from a single mom. He loved like why would he be valued? You know what I'm saying? And unfortunately, you know, he didn't talk about, you know, disrespectful shit when it came to women until he got to death row. But then again, that's when it came to the the character Pac. It wasn't no it was no longer about um, it was no longer about the struggle. It was more about the lifestyle, and that's why you hear. You can hear definitely the struggle yeah, with dude. on the two of America's on, on on all eyes on me. But it was more of a lifestyle when he came to death row, and unfortunately, they didn't. He couldn't be that for the people on death row. He had to be the part of the hood. Yeah, he had yeah, to yeah. be a part of the clique. He had to be a part of lifestyle. He had to. Show the, the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think he's. I think he kind of addressed that earlier on too. Yeah. Because when he was on that talk show with those white, with those white mm-hmm. people in there, 
they're like, so what? What can you do? He's like, make the music. Right. That was the way to kind right. of get people mm -hmm. to reach larger audiences, right. and you know. But man, like you, you really watch that, and I'm, again, dude, it's such a well yeah. done. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you guys, like, if whoever hasn't watched that, y'all gotta go watch it. You have to watch that. You have to watch that. You have to watch. Yeah, I, yeah, you you have to watch. And it's it, an easy right? watch too. Is it like yeah, yeah. Episodes? It's about five episodes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's an easy watch, and it's just a. It's just great. It's great. It's yeah, just yeah. it's great. It's yeah. something I would actually watch again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I actually uh, started watching it again. Did you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I would watch it again. I, just I definitely like episode two again. Yeah, yeah. I definitely. Back yeah, absolutely, bro. Yeah. I definitely would watch this shit again, man. Um, let me ask you this. Um, last question. Mm -hmm. We do. I do with a lot of current events that go go on in the music industry and different things like that. You know, you have the R. Kelly's. You have the, you know, and it, they like to point it towards music artists. Uh -huh. And I think it sucks because, you know, you have a lot of these older artists like Elvis and, you know, a lot yeah, of these yeah, yeah. people who did things with, you know, underage children yeah. that didn't yeah, yeah. really get the light back then. And I think it really didn't get it. And it was hid because the color of their skin, you know, um, and I don't like say, oh, it's you know, because he's black and all this. No, no. When but when you're dealing with you know R you know anything that has to deal with you know black culture has always been you know oh then we have you know what I'm saying. It's not really recognized as an actual culture. It's mm -hmm. it was you know rap. Remember the rap is crap and all that bullshit they try to you know what I'm saying pull and shit like that. But I think you know when it comes to you know music in general and you know you have these people who have, been so impactful on music you know r kelly's then you got this whole you know puff daddy situation and shit going on and, and that's right just, that's just wild right, right, right and mind you <laughs> mind you if these people have done this shit then they belong where they belong mm -hmm. they belong in jail I'm, i would never say that anything that's ever happened to a victim didn't happen or anything like that right, right, right. but when you start to bring up things that happened nine ten bill cosby 30 years ago how much of an assault is it from then to now? Do you believe that there's a, 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 a statute of limitation when it comes to when it comes to that type of thing? Like what what's your belief? Because I guess mm. I guess the way I'm gonna part I'm gonna, the way I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this question is what what kind of is it justice? That the, what kind of justice is it looking for? Are you looking to, to take this man down? Because if you're saying that somebody has done this to you from years ago. What are you really looking for? So with the Puff stuff, just when that came out, it was kind of just like, well, I think up until then, there was like a lot of shit that was coming out about Puff, right? Yeah, yeah. It was just a gradual build. It was a gradual build. It was a gradual build up to it. Um, but watching like the R. Kelly stuff, like the first thing I can think of was, where the fuck were the parents at? My question exactly. Like, I don't like. My question exactly. So, so these, these are these, and and some of the parents actually were on the documentary, mm -hmm. saying that they drove their damn kid, who's a 15, 14, 15 year old, to go to the to fucking go on concert. his concert, go on tours. They let they sign papers, let them, their daughters and yeah, shit go and on I'm tour like, with him. What the fuck? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like I, th that part I don't get. And then, you know, like. It's like, dude, you drove your kid to that shit, and then they're backstage hanging out with, with a grown with ass man, grown ass, grown ass men. Men, yeah, it wasn't just Entourage him. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, people, 
what the fuck do you think that they're gonna help <laughs> what the like, fuck yeah where, where did you think was gonna happen so like stuff like that like i mean come on because i i, I believe it's this i believe it's a problem i don't believe it's a problem until the money runs out yeah yeah. When somebody gets tired of your bullshit and, you know, I'm not going to pay you anymore to be quiet and all this kind of stuff, I think then you want to come out and say, hey, this person did this to me, this person did that to me. And again, I I don't say that it didn't happen because it's you're a sick fuck if you could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You There's a special place in hell for you yeah. if you can kind of, if you can even drum up to do some shit like this or to even orchestrate some shit like this. But you are right, though. It's so fucking weird how stuff like but, that yeah. back in the day was kind of like, because Elvis... Married girl when she was like fourteen, yeah. and fucking Bar- Benny Mardone is like, you hear these lyrics and it's just like you're like wait what a the like what the hell? Yeah, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, what the hell are you actually talking about? So yeah, it's it's fucking weird. Dude. Yeah, man, I think it's I think it's sick. I think it's weird, and I and I, I always wanted to ask that question. I I never really got to ask anybody that kind of question because. You know, me and my wife kind of not gotten to it with it a little bit, but we kind of argued a little bit about it because I have like a different perspective on it. My perspective is, is I don't believe, I believe everybody's wrong in the entire, entire realm, but I don't think you can come back after eight, nine years and say, Hey, I did this shit for so many years. Now I want payback. Yeah. That's yeah. not cause then, cause then you're, you're, you know, I don't think you're a victim. I mean, you're a victim to a certain extent, but I don't think. I don't think that it's off. People need to speak up. You know what I'm saying? When like, ha- when speak up when it happens. happens. Yeah. Because $30 million is not going to take care of the things. Yeah, that, because you got to understand, there's people, real people who deal with this kind of shit. You got people who can't be husbands, who can't be wives, who can't be themselves anymore. There's some people who turn to, you know what I'm saying, the same race, the, yeah. the same race, the, the, the same sex, because they've dealt with assault, you know, as kids, and they dealt with assault as teenagers, yeah. and they can't trust that. And then they have to live with those wounds. But then when you come out as a celebrity and saying, hey, I'm, I, this happened to me years ago. Give me money for it. You know what I'm saying? That's not really fixing the yeah. issue. So I, I think I, like I'm a big person on on speaking up when, you know, when you're wrong or something. Yeah, absolutely. Wrong, absolutely. You, you got to at that point, you got to put your foot down. You got to say, like, you know, enough is enough. Yeah. But rightfully so, too, though, like, you know, back in the day or even up until now, I, I do know that with the victim mentality, a lot of people do feel as if they can't say anything or like, um, what was that fucking dude from? Remember Homeboy went and we go see Big Red and the Five Heart Beat? <laughs> oh, nah, yeah. Yeah. You need to pay me. You need to pay me right now. Yeah, you need to pay me. And what Big Red do? Yep. He hung his ass over the damn balcony. <laughs> now, <laughs> my office <laughs> hours. <laughs> And that motherfucker, you didn't hear nothing from yeah, that. Yeah, damn thing after them after that. But, nope. like, I can see that role of, like, these kids going, like, okay, so, for for example, like, um, with, like, let's say, like, this 15-year-old girl just mm-hmm. went out and went to go hang out with R. Kelly. But you talking about the parents went to go drive now. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So that's, you had to get there. Yeah, yeah you, you. There was some form of adult presence where yeah, you, yeah. and what they were just sneaking out. Yeah, you were taking people them. were signing their children over. They were signing. You know, I heard they. You know, uh, Aliyah's parents let her go on yeah, tour with him yeah. at fourteen, fifteen years yeah. old. And supposedly, I don't know. You know, I can't say if it's true or not. I don't. You know, but they were married. You know, very, very young. Or, yeah, you that's know, what I heard. She also. Was, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like there's other people to blame in this situation other than. The person who is in it now, of course, again, like I say, the person who did it—if you can seriously 
get up in the morning and say, this is what we finna do. I believe there definitely there's a special place in hell for you. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. But at the end of the day, there's other parties involved. And just from my perspective, it's just like, how do you come out and say something 20, 30 years later when there's legally really no proof? There's really nothing out there but a word of what happened. I think like a lot of that stuff, though, man, like it's a like, you know, it, it becomes a very pervasive thing, like in that culture, because mm-hmm. it's not just like it's, it's not, you know, you, it's artists because of, of their popularity. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, you know, teachers and shit, they mm-hmm. accused of yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. You know, because I know, like, when my kids were going, you know, to high school, there, you know, there was a teacher there that was accused of that shit, and shit. and students were like, no, "That's not them," you know, mm-hmm. like or, or whatever. Like, you just have like, I don't know what it is, man. It's like this, um, this like protect this protection of them mm-hmm. because they are somebody that cannot do this because of their celebrity. Right, right, right. Or, but they're we don't yeah, really realize they're yeah, humans. They are. They are. They're humans. They Very pay bills so. just like you. Yeah. They they, they got to so, make dude. store runs just like yeah. you. They got you know what I'm Very saying? They might so. have enough money to more, more money to, to to be able to hide and get away with a lot of things, but they're humans just like just like you. Yeah. They have sick fetishes just like people out there. They're just weird. You know what I'm saying? They could be just weird just like everybody else. They're just their life is just so magnified that and you fall in love with them as being your, you know, your favorite, one of your favorite writers, producers, whatever, personalities. You yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. You fall in love with that personality and we kind of attach on to them as if we know them, but we don't know them from a can yeah. of damn paint. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? And we don't know what they I do that, when that door is like, closed. You know, because there's the liking of them or because you yeah. feel like you have like this connection or whatever. Right, right. But yeah, I think uh, that's one thing with me, Z. Like I've never really gotten um, too big on having like a favorite you know this yeah 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 that yeah to the point where i'm blinded right right right. and you're debating people yeah, yeah. about this shit. that's crazy, it's, it's, that, that's crazy. if you look on yeah, comments yeah. you'll see like so many people divided yeah, bro yeah, it's yeah. the craziest shit in the world like politics too. yeah absolutely like with politics absolutely. also like i'm the same way like i just don't trust a politician right right no not at all i don't care what party you're from like, right right i just do not trust i'm all what you can do for me yeah, yeah, you yeah, did yeah. what i'm saying yeah, what are you gonna do for me and my you know my kids kind of growing up so yeah very much the same way yeah um yeah, have a mind of your own. Yeah, 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 literally. literally. These people are people just like you. You know what I'm saying? They go through the same things. They go through the same anxiety. They go through the same, you know what I'm saying, therapy. They go, just like I said, they're natural. They're, they're regular human beings just yeah. like you and I. But, you know, they're again, they're they're, they're worshipped into a, to a point where it, it gets kind of sick mm-hmm. at the end of the day where people put them on this pedestal and, you know, they're just in this utter shock. I can't believe they would do something like this. Why not? You believe this motherfucker up the street who got a green dot on his That's house saying he's a, a damn predator you, would do it. So why don't you believe that this motherfucker would do it? Oh, just because he was on a show when you was growing up and, and you, you know what I'm saying? Say like, it's, it's always the ones that you don't expect. And what do they say about them? He seemed like a really nice dude. He seemed like a really nice dude. Yeah. yeah. He seemed like a really yeah. nice guy. Yeah. Always quiet. And right, shit. right, right. It beat him once, man. It beat him once, man. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm going to wrap it up, man. But this last question for you, man. First of all, I thank you for coming on, man, and thank just being a part me. of it, man. I, I really appreciate it, man. You are always welcome back, brother. Thank Anytime you, thank you. you would love to just, you know, come, come through and just, you know, bless, bless the audience one more time, man. But my last question is this, man. And you've known, you know, if you, anybody has seen these interviews, I always ask this one last question. Um, you have a, uh, you know, you have a concert, you know, any artist that you can bring out. Um, Ooh. But as a DJ, mm-hmm. as a DJ. As a DJ, you are deeper into this. Uh-huh. Now, you can only use... Now, I'm going to flip it on you. Okay. I'm going to flip it on you. Now, you have one concert, uh-huh. but as a DJ, 
No, no, excuse me, excuse me. I, I, this is word worded incorrect. As a DJ, you have three songs to get your crowd where you want them to be, right? I always say, what's the three artists you're going to bring out to perform? But as a DJ, what three songs are you playing? What are you going to in your repertoire? Oh, God, dude. <laughs> any genre. It doesn't matter. Any, any genre, man. Any genre. Oh, Lord. That's tough. Um, geez, man, you really just said that. <laughs> three records that I would play to get the crowd going. Um, God, dude. It's tough. It's tough. This shit's not easy, bro. Yeah, that's, that's just not easy, man. Oh, God, dude. Dude, um, can I use the three records? That's why. Okay, Anything. so, uh, Michael off off the wall. Um, God, what else would I play? Um, dude. <laughs> Funk. Oh God, James. Um, yeah, I'd have to use James, dude. James Brown? Yeah, James, okay. dude. Yeah, hell yeah. For sure, James, dude. Um, this is tough so, for people. Yeah, is... You gotta understand, this is tough for people who are really into into the culture, into the music. So I threw, I like to throw this question in there because uh, I like to kind of see where people's heads is. If, if the shit will hit the fan, what are you going to? You know what yeah, I'm saying? Dude, so you yeah. got Mike. So you yeah. got James. God, I can't. I couldn't. I couldn't even pick. There's so much James Brown stuff that's out there that. Oh God, man! It would. It's just. Fuck so <laughs> much good shit from from James. Um, and then last. What would I do last? You gonna bring the crowd home with this one? Oof. Bring them home. Shut shutting shit down. Jesus, dude. <laughs> God. I know I'm going to do... Uh, this is total disservice because this is just off the fly, dude. <laughs> this is so tough. Dude. Yeah. Um, God, what, what would the last one be? Mike and James is gonna kill the crowd anyway. I don't even know what the hell you can even bring in yeah, at that uh, point to be like, yo, I'm gonna shut the shit down with this shit. Like, fuck, who else would you who else would you bring in? God, man, like I'd say Prince, but shit, yeah, that's, that's for me. Say, that that would be my that that would, would be my go to. Yeah. yeah, dude. There was a clip actually of Prince. That's so fucking funny. There is a there is a clip actually of James Brown bringing Michael on stage and then Prince coming up also. No it's, shit. Yeah. No shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, so so it was a James Brown concert. It's fuck if I did not plan this, honestly. No, no, no. no. I throw but, I do this. I I I like to throw this yeah, at, at, dude. At, at people. This so yeah. so this was a James Brown concert back in the day and Mike was sitting in the fucking crowd as just a regular, just a regular spectator. Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was his favorite. Yeah, yeah. James was Brown was his James. influence. Yeah. And so, James Brown is closing out, and he sees Michael in the crowd, invites Michael to come up. 
And so Michael's rocking with him for like a good couple seconds. Mm -hmm. And then Mike sees Prince in the crowd. And then James wants Prince to come up. And so Prince put Did up. Prince come? Prince came up. Really? Because yeah, surprisingly, you gotta check that surprisingly, out. Surprisingly, Prince don't come out. No, he, he, don't, don't. he don't he don't listen to nobody. Yeah, 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 he yeah. didn't he moved on his own yeah, 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 tune. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Literally. Yeah, I would check that shit a, out. That's just dope clip. as fuck. Yeah, there's a clip that came out if I if, no if, shit. if I remember correctly. And I remember watching that thinking like, God, dude. Right, right. Yeah, those would be my three for sure. That's dude. dope. That's dope. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I I I couldn't even pick a record because like the their discography is so damn it's deep. vast, mm-hmm. right? It's deep. And I even find myself nowadays, like even, you know, because digging early, like remember I was telling you I was digging for like a lot of like funk soul, R&B stuff. Yeah, yeah. I find like my, I find like the stuff that I'm digging for now is just so, so different mm-hmm. from what I'm, from what I'm used to searching right. for that it just kind of shows you like, you know, how much you bothers like a person. Right, right, right. Too, you know what I mean? That's so, dope. But those would be the three. James, sure. Mike. My, and, and print. <laughs> shit, you shutting the whole damn show down with that <laughs> shit, man. You shutting it down, yeah, man. man. Well, again, man, thank you for joining me, man. Oh, yeah, I really appreciate you, man, for coming yeah, through yeah, and blessing sure, me one dude. time, man. Thank you for joining us again in the spot today. Once again, peace and blessings to you and yours. Shalom. Continue to thank you guys for the support. Thank you guys for everything that you do for the show. The, the, the feedback, the great feedback, the negative feedback. I love it all. I really appreciate everybody for joining me. Once again, thank you. I check. Thank Happy you for holidays. once again. Happy holidays. Signing off. Appreciate